0: Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey is always top shelf. Whether you got your start as a dynasty veteran, a Millbury survivor, or you were born into the Church of Trots, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, here are your eclectic hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Saturday, July 9th, 2022, coming at you live from Blue Line Deli and Bagels in Huntington, Long Island. Big show coming up for you today. Going to be talking draft, going to be talking free agency, plenty of stuff to chat about regarding the New York Islanders. Mr. Brendan Burke, subbra- surprise guest, will be joining us from MSG, the play-by-play man for the New York Islanders. Alan Crater as well will be joining us later on from New York Times. My name is Sean Cuthbert. With me as always is Christian Arnold. Christian, how are you? I'm
2: doing well. Exciting start to the show, Sean. Not only (laughs) only have we uh, worked out some of the bugs behind the scenes, but there's a huge sign-in to announce Philip Forsberg back to the National Predators. six years, 68 million.
1: Well, you can cross him off your wish list. He was on mine. I mean, look, it was going to be a reach no matter what. But yes, Philip Forsberg. Hot off the presses, will be staying. Eight
2: years, excuse me, 68. Eight years, Wow, 68. okay. Oh, yeah. All right, so oh, yeah. he'll be staying with the
1: Pred. Yeah, spent
2: his entire career there, and he will continue to do so. All right. So that's one name that's been an Islanders, Islander fan's mind. That is one name that they can... Definitively cross off their wish list right now. So I, th- I guess the focus turns to Johnny Hockey, Johnny Gaudreau.
1: Yeah, I guess he would be yeah. number one on your list, my list, and most other people's I'm list. Right, bringing back Ryan Strom, of course. <laughs> right, he's <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a one B, but behind uh, Listen, like, Johnny Gaudreau's one A,
2: play great and in, in, in Madison Square Garden. So. That's, yeah, I guess that's he true. He played strong, played good hockey, played well in the playoffs, and he, you know, I think the Islanders would take him back. Or sure. He'd be a welcomed addition to that lineup, probably a bottom six kind of guy. But, yeah, right. Um, but certainly an, an interesting start to the show, to say the least.
1: Yes, no question about it. And before we get into it, I want to remind everybody that we are proud to be presented by R.J. Daniels' American Bar and Grill, located at 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center, the best place to catch the Isles when you can't be at the game. Also proud to be sponsored by, right here, Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. New spot, 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip. And, of course, UBS Arena at Belmont. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com. And we're happy to be sponsored by TIE Technology, a voice-over IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. If you're tired of dealing with long-haul times and the impersonal service of companies like Spectrum, Optimum, and Verizon, give TIE Technology a call at 516-856-7800 for three... Free months of service, and of course, sponsored by Oyster Bay Brewing Company, creator of Barn Rocker Session Ale. Available at <laughs> 12 locations at the Islanders brand new home in UBS Arena, and even more distributors across the country from coast to coast. So, Christian Arnold. Yes. Once again. What do, we, what <laughs> do I say? Here. Oh. <laughs> free, free agency's on the way. We just got past the draft. The schedule is out. Yes. And Lane Lambert has rounded out his coaching staff. Yeah. What do you say? Ca. I feel like this is deja vu. If you a little ask bit, me. right? <laughs> uh, I ha- I got a shout out, Mike four six five two
2: co in the chat who immediately goes, "Let's put the band back together. Bring back Strom and Nino Niederreiter." And I am I think that's a great. You're on idea. board for that. <laughs> I mean, we we were joking before the show. We were yeah, looking we were. at like some free agent names, and honestly, Nino Niederreiter wouldn't be the worst player in the world either to bring back and and find a role for him on this team. I, I don't think that would I don't think that would hurt the Islanders at all. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying that. It's the top of Lou's mind, but certainly he's someone else I'd keep an eye on to see where free agency goes when it comes to uh, possibilities to bring in up front. Yeah, and look, we're
1: going to dive further in depth into free just agency later that. in the show. Just funny. Yeah, of course, of course. But but as we were saying too, is it's a buyer's market. Like there's yeah. a lot of available free agents. I mean, look, you're obviously going to like some guys more than others, but even if you kind of swing and miss on on maybe your number one or your number two, there's some decent three or fours. You know, where you could say this guy could work. He might be able to help this team out. So. I think that kind of works in the Islanders' favor. I mean, look, y- you'd love to get a guy like Gaudreau if he if he yeah. actually does get to free agency on yeah. the 13th. Islanders would probably have to shift... Well, no, they would definitely have to shift some salary around if they brought in a guy like that. But, look, the, the thing is, I think what, what plays into their favor is the fact that... It's uh, it's a wide, wide field right now, and, and, and there's definitely some names out there that are interesting that could help, and uh, we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out. But, folks, we're going to break right away because we want to bring Brendan Burke in to join us on the show, so thank you so much for joining us here at twitch.tv slash hockey night NY yeah. and your favorite podcast providers. We'll be right back.
3: It's a new Islander season, and you've got a great spot to catch all the action. R.J. Daniels, American Barn Grill in Rockville Center. Inside the bar or the heated outdoor patio, you won't miss any of the excitement on their wall-to-wall big-screen TVs and in-game sound. Enjoy it all with delicious food, drinks, and plenty of specials in a lively atmosphere staffed by the friendliest folks around. RJ Daniels is in the heart of Rockville Center at 279A Sunrise Highway, just steps from the train station. So come on down. Watch the boys in blue and orange continue their quest for Lord Stanley with your fellow Islander diehards. And when the game's not on, stop by for a great meal and a great time seven days a week, hang for the late night bar scene or book a party or catering for any occasion. Call 516-536-6258 to make reservations and go to rjdaniels.com to check out the menu. R.J. Daniels American Bar and Grill, your home for New York Islanders hockey.
2: country you'll get a live representative that had a personal hand in building your account so islander fans if your business is looking for a change from companies like spectrum verizon or optimum tie technology is offering three free months of service for any of its affordable packages just call 516-856-7800 that's 516-856-7800 or visit them on the web at tietechnology.com that's tie t-i-e technology.com tie Thai technology the right choice for your internet phone service
1: Did you have a nice break? Well, it's time to get back on the couch for more Islanders Therapy with Shawnee and C. Arnold on
0: Hockey Night in New York.
1: Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. You are watching and or listening to Hockey Night in New York. Join us right now with surprise special guests from MSG Networks, play-by-play man of the New York Islanders and recent play-by-play man for the new york yankees mr brendan burke brendan thank you so much for coming down to blue line how you doing sir
0: you know what i I come down here all the time anyway so it just happened to (laughs) be that you guys were here it's just a
1: matter of convenience
0: i live not too far from here so i'm here quite a bit
1: fantastic well once again thanks a lot for being here and look let's let's start out with this this new experience for you calling the new york yankees how's that been
0: it was great you know for for me it was uh I mean, as much as being a broadcaster in the NHL is a childhood dream, I literally had a childhood dream of being the Yankees broadcaster. My dad used to cover the team as a writer, and so I used to experience the Yankee radio booth as a 9-year-old kid, and that's kind of where I got the spark to want to be a broadcaster. So to actually come back and do it as the Yankee broadcaster and sit in the, the big boy chair, if you will, uh, was was pretty cool.
1: You are literally living the dream, right? Yeah, then? yeah. Living the dream. So obviously the NHL draft has just passed, and the Islanders made a big move. They traded that first-round pick, the number 13 overall, to get Alexander Romanov. You've
0: been keeping tabs on the draft and what the Islanders been doing here. What do you think of the move? No, no absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> it's baseball season, right? Uh, no, I have. Uh, you know, it's interesting. At 13, you're talking about a pick that should be a good NHL player, but not tomorrow, right? You, you, this is a team that is built to win, and the window is open. So if you draft a guy that, yeah, two, three years, I mean, the Islanders still have first-round picks, right? We've got Simon Holstrom. They've got guys that we haven't really seen yet as first-round picks that haven't been able to help this team yet. They get a guy that, with the 13th overall pick that's going to help them today. And that's something that they probably wouldn't weren't going to be able to do if they used that pick to select the 13th
1: yeah, no doubt about it. and and it looks like they have more moves to come. We talked about before he came on, how free agency is coming down the pike. I mean, you look at this roster and I mean, what do you think th- what do you think they need to add in addition to a guy like Romanov to probably you know just round the squad out?
0: All right, I'm gonna be that guy first off, so all the Islander fans are listening. <laughs> it's Romanov.
1: There we go. I apologize. No. No, I, I, this is
0: going to be a thing, and I know Absolutely. it's going to be a thing. Let's get it out there early. Ramonov. As far as I know, in Montreal, whenever we talked to him, it was Alexander Romanov. Okay. Okay. So it's good to know. I'm going with that until I hear until I actually can talk to him again yeah, and there. say, hey, <laughs> did they screw it up in Montreal or were they correct? Uh, so we'll get there. Um, but you know, for the thing about it, and you guys kind of touched on this, the roster's set. If they want to make moves, they have to make moves—significant moves. Yeah. Significant moves. Yeah, right. Um, you know, they, they obviously need another defenseman because you know, with the uh, with with Chara's situation with Andy Green, like those are the the holes they need to fill. Um, they get one of those guys in Romanov. Um, they obviously want to improve. So, what can they do to improve? I, I guess that's that's what Lou's there for, right? That's,
2: that's a fair point. <laughs> it, it is an interesting situation because, Brendan, I, I mean, everyone was crying for a puck-moving defenseman all of last year, and I think that's what Romanov is, I think, at this point, is someone who can kind of help that. When you envision sort of what that defensive unit looks like next year, where do you see him fitting into that into that group?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting question. I think that you've got Pelican Pollock. I think that that is, if everybody is is playing well, that's where they're at their best. You right. want that to be your number one pair. So if you lock those guys in, and then move forward, you know Devon Taves, I th- it's Devon Taves. Uh, <laughs> you guys mentioned him about winning a Stanley Cup, and and it's great. And he's such a good guy. Yes, um, yeah. yeah. We're, Noah. I was very excited Noah Dobson yeah. was the name I was trying to come up <laughs> with. there. Uh, I, I think Noah Dobson. You've got to consider your number three defenseman at this point. You know he he's the guy. So now you're plugging in. You want him to play twenty minutes a night or close to it. Um, so who's going to play with Noah Dobson? with Chara gone if we're assuming that Chara is gone.
2: Right, and I think Um, it's interesting too, Sean and I were kind of Trying to figure out what play you know, play coach. Where does where do these guys line up? What happens in the off season? And I know everyone's still kind of strung up on the possibility of maybe Nick Letty coming back. He's a free agent. You know, he could be someone that could help this organization. And kind of going down that rabbit hole. Sean and I were trying to figure out where do they slot in because Nick Letty and, and Scott Mayfield had a you know unique situation when they were paired together. Do you put Dobson and, and Romanoff together as two younger guys? How would let's say that that transpires? How would you kind of fit all of those pieces together?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think that probably if I were if I were making it up right now, I would probably slot Mayfield in with Dobson and see how that worked. Um, just because, listen, the Colorado Avalanche are a unique situation. Yes, Kale McCarr and Devon <laughs> Taves work two Quite elite well. skating, <laughs> puck moving, high hockey IQ defensemen. Yeah. They work, but for everybody else in the league, you need that balance. The guy, the stay home defenseman, the tough guy in front of the net, the guy that can kind of do the dirty work in the corners, and then you get the guy that can get the puck out of the zone. Yeah, Working together. Having two of them together, if you were to get a Nick Letty or another puck-moving defenseman, putting them together, most times doesn't really work for the balance of the sixth defenseman. So if you get a guy like Mayfield that can plug in there with Thompson and make that work. However, we watched them all for a year. I don't know how many shifts those two took together. One, two? I mean, they, right. they didn't it's try right. that. Yeah. And trusting Barry Trotz and Lane Lambert and the rest of that coaching staff, Maybe there's a reason why. They saw something that said, you yeah, this isn't going to work. So it remains to be seen, you know, where they slot together.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the coaching staff did seem to like having a lefty, right, yes, D, you know, left-handed yeah. guy, right-handed guy. So it could just simply come down to the yeah. fact that Scott and, and Noah are both right-handed defensemen. Yeah. But it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And, you know, we, we also mentioned before the show started talking about um, the coaching staff, how Lane Lambert's rounded out his staff. And, I mean, just, just to have an opportunity to hear what your thoughts on, on Lane taking over the team. He's a guy who, you know, people have been talking about for years now that he was, he was always going to be kind of a lead candidate for an open position here. Looks like Lou didn't want him going anywhere else. He, he uh, elevates him up to head coach. Maybe just uh, touch a little bit on the, the, the new blood, so to speak, taking over.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, this is... Listen, when I was uh, in the American Hockey League, Lane, ba- Lane Lambert was the head coach of the Milwaukee Admirals. And so I, I've, I've seen him coach throughout the years. Um, so that was a long time ago. That was the last time he was a head coach. Was uh, I mean, I was there... When I was in Peoria, I left Peoria in 2012. So, you know, 2010, 2012 was the last time he was a head coach in, in professional hockey or in hockey in general. He's been learning from one of the best of all time for the last decade, which is great. So I'm, I'm interested to see... Because I think a lot of people assumed that somebody would poach Lane Lambert because they wanted Barry Trotz. You wanted Barry Trot's light. You wanted Bill Belichick's coordinators. Right. How many of those right, have gotten sure. head coaching jobs, right? You wanted Lane Lambert because you wanted what Barry Trotz had and you wanted to bring some of that to your team. This is interesting because they had Barry Trotz. Right. <laughs> and they chose Lane Lambert. So I'm interested to see what the changes with, with a relatively same roster. How he handles it differently than what Barry Trotz is. What was, what what will he do now that he doesn't have somebody telling him he can't do that? Um, you know, obviously when he took over as the interim head coach when when Trots was gone, it's different, right? Like yeah, you're yeah. you're you're. It's different. It's still not your team. You're just kind of following the orders and the right. game plan. Now he gets a chance to to show us what what he is as a head coach.
1: Yeah, he gets a chance to be the boss, and I think what Islander fans are curious about is whether or not he's gonna open up the the offensive side of things a little bit, right? I mean, they've been so well known for being a great defensive team, not giving up a lot of goals. Is Lane Lambert gonna try to help open that up, maybe just you know, just put a little more offense into into the system?
0: Yeah, I mean I you know listen, Lane Lambert was on the staff last year. If they had a magic key to turn and bring in more offense, they would have done it. Right. Yeah. So I'm I'm not so sure that you know, systematically it's going to be significantly different. It might be. He's going to have some ideas. I would imagine it's going to be more tweaks than changes um, because, again, this was a coaching staff, and he was a big part of it. And if if he had something that would work, they would probably would have done it or tried it. Um, so it would be interesting to see. I think that obviously, yeah, they, do they need more offense? Yeah, they do. How do they get that? Uh, you know, I'm not sold on Trotz's system being the reason why they can't score, right? Alexander Ovechkin didn't seem to have a problem in Trotz's system. <laughs> That's fair, yeah. So it, 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 we'll see. We'll see. But, I, you know, like, I don't think it's okay. Trotz is gone. Here comes the offense. Right. And, if, and yeah. if it does, are we talking about a Doug Waite situation where they're losing 7-6, <laughs> right? Like, right. I, we, I don't see that happening either. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the, you don't abandon what they've done defensively because that's how you win. And they've got the goaltending and they've got the D to do it. They just need to find a way to generate more offense.
2: And I think that's why so many people go back to that, that narrative because we went from everyone seeing scoring, 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 to just this shutdown, lockdown defensive style that that is so much different than what Doug Waite was was kind of using there when he was coaching the Islanders. So it is an interesting narrative, and you kind of forget about it after a while. When it comes to Lambert's success this season, how do you think – how do you think people are going to look back on that first season? When all of a sudden, I know it's you're kind of looking in the future here, but yeah. obviously with the you know the the idea of coming right up coming right after um, Barry Trotz as head coach and the success that he had, how do you sort of gauge a successful season for Lane Lambert?
0: I mean, I think you just have to see obviously an improvement as a team. Yeah. I think they have to. They're a playoff team. If they miss the playoffs; it's not a success. Okay. I, I think that's the 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 bare minimum. Mm. That's the bar. The Absolutely. bar is set at playoffs. Um, other than that, I think you want to see individual players progress right like that's you know you talk about coaches and you usually talk about it in a minor league sense but you want to see players develop and so can you see players take step steps forward you know we saw that with Noah Dobson; the season took a huge step forward I think that was a success you know you're going to want to see some of the younger players that are on this roster have steps forward whether it's an Oliver Wallstrom or right. Kiefer Bellows or somebody else that comes in and makes the team out of camp you know you want to see progress from the younger guys and you want to see some of those older guys you know do what they're supposed to do you know i I think brock nelson had a tremendous season can he do that again um you know you get another healthy season from anders lee matt barzell does he continue to progress as a player listen he's he's a great hockey player but he's not done he's not he's not top of the list he's not a number one center he's not a Connor mcdavid he he's got room to grow and you want to continue to see that happen he had such a good rookie season offensively now he's a more complete player and you're starting to see that evolution and he's getting there but when can he get to the 85, 90 points offensively while being a responsible defensive player? That's what we haven't seen yet.
1: True, true, and they're also going to need guys to get started a little a little uh, sooner than halfway yeah. through the season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You look like guys like Paul Mary and, and Parisi and whatnot, and then they put up great numbers once the second half started, but you just look at, you know, I mean, there's so many different reasons that we've gone over, odd nauseum on the show, yep. left and right on social media, and, you know, with the with the road games and all that stuff, but, I mean, this is, this is a team that needs to come out of the gate here to, to, to get some wins so they're not playing from behind
0: all season. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that that goes for everybody, right? You get the, you know, w- this is the, listen, this is the first normal season we've had in three years. Yeah, That's the one thing that everybody needs, needs to remember. Not only is it normal in terms of COVID protocols and all the other things, and hopefully we'll avoid postponements and cancellations, but yes. no Olympics. We're starting on time. We're back to Thanksgiving, actually meaning Thanksgiving right. when we talk about whether or not they're in a playoff <laughs> right. picture. Um The Islanders' building, obviously, is ready. There's so many things that make this a normal season that it almost makes you want to throw last year out the window and say, all right, let's see what you got now. Like, let's see what you are in a normal season um, for everybody, individually and as a team.
1: I would even argue that it's the the first season in four years for the Islanders because that first year under Trotz, they were still doing the Coliseum uh, Barclays thing. They were doing back and forth between Brooklyn and the Coliseum. He never had one normal season with this team, and now he's gone. (laughs)
0: <laughs>
2: Interesting turn events. We're talking with Brendan Burke, the uh, the uh, TV voice of the New York Islanders. Also, if you were listening to the Yankees last weekend, he was the fill-in radio voice <laughs> for the Bronx Bombers. In uh, in a one city that uh, you know, I think you're somewhat familiar with. One city you were very familiar <laughs> with in Pittsburgh. And I, I actually had seen you at Yankee Stadium a little bit before that, after the news. And and I joked, you know, they could have given you a couple better cities, <laughs> but I do want to go back to that for a second because that you talked about that was something that inspired you to be a broadcaster and yeah. kind of has had such a memorable impact on your career. What was it? What was it like sitting in that booth? Uh, you know, the last for for five games and um, kind of getting that experience and being able to live out your childhood dream.
0: Yeah. So I've had about a month to build up to it mm-hmm. between the time that I found out that it was going to happen and the time that I actually got to sit down in the booth. And so, um, you know, the one thing for me was, yes, it's a childhood dream. Yes, it's something I've always wanted to do, um, but I don't want to suck at it. Right, it's I mean, I fair, mean that's yeah. that's fair, right? Like yeah. you don't want to go in and be like, "Hey, I'm here, I did it," and then everyone's like, "Why are you go here?" Yankees. Yeah, um, so it was a stressful month to kind of prepare for the Yankees and baseball because there's a difference between following the team and watching the team yeah. and and doing what we do on a daily basis um, and kind of living the team. And so I tried to do that for the last month, which is which was hard. Um, and then I hadn't called a baseball game in a long time. You know, I've been a hockey. I did call minor league baseball out of school. Um, but I'm, apparently I'm older than I used to be. I don't know how that happened. Uh, but but I hadn't called a baseball game in over 10 years before I sat down wow. in that, that Yankee booth. So, you know, that was a lot to get ready for. And then I've had this build up, and it's been July 1st, July 1st, mm-hmm. July 1st, July 1st, and then got rained out.
1: Of course. Right. Of course. I, I It's funny. I
2: looked at that game. And I was like, all right, let me tune in. I, I looked. I like, go, wow, that is
0: yep. – that's – so instead of having a July 1st debut and kind of going back to the hotel and assessing, okay, this is what I did well, this is what I didn't do well, this is what the information I had, this is what I didn't have, I got a rain out and I got two games in a row with no time to prep in between uh, the next day. Which, so it was it was interesting. And then another day game on Sunday in Cleveland. So I got three games in 36 hours, it felt like. You got wow. the full Yankee experience. Right I there. did. <laughs> but it was hard for me as a broadcaster to kind of adjust to game by game and, okay, how can I get better? Yeah. Then I got the off day on the 4th of July in the two games in Pittsburgh, which felt way better. Um, but it was it was an incredible experience, like I said, to, to sit in that chair that has been, you know, the Yankee radio booth is the crown jewel of, of so many in broadcasting, right? Like, there's something... The Yankees are special. Apologize to all the Mets fans listening. The Yankees, <laughs> Yankees are special. Um, and the Yankee radio booth forever has been the booth, right? And yeah. so to be able to go and sit in there regardless of my history in there, is a special moment. And then to throw in my personal history on it was, was fantastic.
1: And, and speaking of, of prep and, and adjustment and whatnot, I mean, obviously hockey and baseball are two extremely different sports. So when you go from one to the other, I mean, how do you approach calling a baseball game compared to calling a hockey game?
0: Oh, you know, listen, for me, and I've done, I've done all of it. I did college football for Fox. I, I've done basketball a little bit. Um, obviously, I've done hockey and baseball. Hockey and baseball are the two hardest sports to call as a play-by-play broadcaster, in my opinion, and for the exact opposite reason. Right, like I could go into a hockey game with, especially on radio, with minimal prep. You know the rosters, follow the puck. You can call a game. Yeah. Won't be. You're not going to win awards for it. Mm-hmm. But if you handed me two rosters for a, a pickup game down the street, I can go give you a game.
1: My pick but up on that.
0: Baseball. <laughs> baseball. I mean, so when I did, my whole life was geared towards baseball. When I was a kid, like I said, I wanted to be a baseball broadcaster. I get to college, and I call my first play-by-play game for baseball. And it was terrible. And I didn't understand it. I'm like, I've tried so hard to be ready for this moment. And it was hard and it was awful. And first of all, I called my dad. I said, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Like, this was what I wanted to do. And I'm like, I did not enjoy that. And he goes, listen, first off, it was your first game. You're 19 years old. It was game number one. So relax. But the more I thought about (laughs) it, it was, okay, it's way easier to call a New York Yankee Boston Red Sox game than it is to call an Ithaca College Utica College game with no notes, no media guide. You've got no backstories on players. And to fill a a three-and-a-half-hour window with no information and minimal action is impossible. So for me to do the Yankees, it's easier than doing minor league or college baseball. And when you work with somebody like Susan Waldman, who has the wealth of knowledge that she has and fills a lot of those spots that I couldn't fill because I haven't been with the team as long as she has... Um, you know, it was great, but baseball and hockey are incredibly tough hockey because you have to keep up with the action and baseball because you have to create the action.
2: Brendan Burke, the television voice of the New York Islanders. Brendan, we will uh, will let you go on that <laughs> note. I say, You've come with a bit of an entourage, and, and I can sense they, uh, they want to get out and enjoy the nice day that we have today.
0: They're usually good when you feed them, but I think they're running out of food. So we That's right.
2: <laughs> Brendan, we can't thank you enough for, yes. for coming down and, and for uh, taking this much time and bearing with us some of the technical difficulties. All well. good. Thanks for having me on,
0: guys. Brendan, course, thanks so much. Thanks. Appreciate, Appreciate
1: it. it. Brendan Burke, ladies and gentlemen, from MSG. You know his name. You know who he is. You see him on your TV watching those Islander broadcasts. Big thanks to him for joining us on the show today. And Hockey Night New York rolls on. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We have another guest coming up, too. We do. Alan Crater, Associated Press, New York Times. Is he ready on, to go? He's been
2: on the televisions. He has. He has.
1: He has. The- all right, folks. Well, once again, I want to thank you all for tuning in to Hockey Night in New York here at twitch.tv slash Hockey Night NY, and your favorite podcast providers. We're going to take another break. When we come back, on the other side, Alan Crayta of New York Times will be with us.
2: Ooh, welcome back to Hockey Night in New York. I'm Chris Norrell. With me, as always, Sean Cuthbert, And it's everyone's favorite time of the show, as always. Of course, that's online, brought to you by our wonderful friends over at Thai Technology. And with us on the line from the Associated Press, you've also seen his work uh, in the New York Times. You've seen him on television, on Fox and NBC. That's the great Alan Crada, who is helping us out and coming on to talk more NHL hockey. Alan, how are you, my friend?
4: I'm good. I'm great. How are you guys
2: doing? We're doing well. We're doing well. It's a beautiful day. Yeah, it's a beautiful day out. A lot of excitement in the National Hockey League, and uh, we get to chat with you, so it can't be bad. It can't be bad. And, Alan, i got to start with the news about Philip Forsberg and the contract extension that he signed in Nashville. Obviously, that's a bit of a blow for any Islander fan that was hoping to see him potentially in a New York Islanders uniform. But is there any surprise that Forsberg, at the end of the day, ended up back in Nashville after spending his entire career there?
4: not really uh, those kind of contracts never surprise me If you're home you have family you're there yeah. there's r- r- rarely a reason to leave and flee even for a few more dollars so he's getting his near max contract uh, 8 years to stay in Nashville tremendous fit for them no, no real reason to leave You know, publicly yeah. no, no, no surprise at all for me
1: yeah, I'm with you there, Alan. And, and I guess that's just a name that Islander fans are going to have to cross off the top of their list. And I know he was probably uh, number one for a lot of people. Whether it was realistic or not, who knows? Obviously, you have the salary cap situation and whatever maneuvering they might have to make in order to make a guy like him happen. But, you know, I was saying uh, earlier on the show that, that it's kind of a buyer's market here in free agency where there's so many guys available, some very intriguing names. You obviously have Johnny Gaudreau now who probably tops that list. You have some guys like Vincent Trocheck and we joked about a little bit about Nino Niederreiter earlier in the <laughs> I'm show. I'm all about bringing Ryan Strome back to the island as <laughs> <Yeah>. well. <laughs> so, I mean, I think it's, it's pretty common knowledge at this point if you're following the New York Islanders that they need a little more help up front and another, at least another top six forward that can hopefully put some more pucks in the net. Is there, is there any name that, that stands out to you that you might uh, be interested in seeing the Islanders kind of hone in on?
4: Why not bring back Nino Niederreiter? That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's Why not? Uh, why not? I mean, it, Claude Giroux. I don't know what his goal is, but that's certainly a scoring player. Uh, Thirty-four, maybe wouldn't cost top top dollar. It's a the pre-agency is such a is such a random situation. We look at the names every year and we think, oh, this guy might go here and that guy might go, here, and then they cross us up and go somewhere else. So I think I think that there'll be perhaps less on the crazy contract side, just because the cap is not as freewheeling as it has been. So there's more of a challenge for teams to, to not overspend. We're not seeing any Zach Parisi, Ryan Suter type of contracts <laughs> anymore, anything close to that. Right. So there are limits. There are limits, even with all these names out there does to the, who can afford what, where
2: it's interesting. You say that too, because does that potentially bode well for, um, maybe a Lou Lamarello in this situation where, the Islanders are still operating. There's a lot more cap space. We're not saying that they're they're operating under the tight budget that they've operated in years past, but having a little bit more of that that you know they try and be a little more conservative with their spending does that maybe help them when it comes to some of these bigger name free agents when you look at it and you go the market maybe isn't there where like a Calagher would think there would be or or um, you know Johnny Goudreau possibly giving the Islanders a little bit of a leg up there knowing that this is a team that also could work its way back into a, a being a cup contender in the next year or so
4: very possible very possible and I'm looking at the top 50 names there there are a lot of good players with unknown price tags, Andrew Kopp, what what? You know, he had such a run for the Rangers. How much is he going to cost? You've got uh, you know, you've got Darcy Kemper out floating out there. All of a sudden, maybe he didn't expect that. How much is he going to cost? Asim Kadri is going to cost top top dollar. Yeah, but yeah, Few teams can afford him. So you have a very serviceable Max Domi out there. Maybe <laughs> he stays in Carolina. But you know, players' numbers they almost almost immaterial in this in this oddly sort of frozen salary cap world so I, I would it could help the islanders in terms of not inflating the market but only Lou can fully answer that one.
1: <laughs> yeah, without without a doubt. And, and if they are insistent on bringing somebody in, I mean, they, they almost have to move somebody out now. Whether it's part of another quote unquote hockey trade, where they you know trade right. somebody like a Bavillier or a Josh Bailey, perhaps to unload some salary to to bring something back, or maybe you unload somebody like that for for draft picks because. According to what we're seeing out there, Lou Amorelo seems pretty insistent on keeping Semyon Varlamov around. He brings a five million dollar price tag with him, so you, you got nine million dollars between essentially between your two goaltenders. So, this, something's got to give somewhere. And I mean, does does anybody look more expendable than, than than another guy as as far as the Islanders roster goes?
4: Perhaps Josh Bailey, but he's still owed five million in the next two years. I don't know if they really want to trade him or let him finish as an Islander. Uh, it's it's a riddle. They don't have a whole lot of wiggle room there. The top names, of course, aren't going anywhere. Bavillier is still young at 25. Can't really see trading him. So you bring in Romanov, not, not an expensive option at 22, a good good move. And the goalies are a good tandem, a solid move for another year. Then they can worry about that next summer right. when Sorokin's another year older and of course they'll have to re-sign him after the following year, summer of 24, so the, the pieces are in place, I don't know Lou never really makes that bold uh, trade either, it's, everything is by design or there's uh, a bigger plan that that is hard to decipher at first, so uh, there might be one big splash move, I just, I don't know if I see a big trade along with the big splash move, maybe a Smaller trade of something we haven't thought of, but it, it could really only Bailey and Bouvillier are the are the trade chips at this point, judging by the how many how many years they have left and their relatively reasonable price tags.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, Alan. I, I think, uh, it, but if they are going to make any sort of splash in free agency, it almost feels like one of those guys have to go. I mean, with $12 million in cap space, they still have to re sign Noah Dobson. He's going to get a pretty penny. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to give Romanov some kind of contract while not very expensive, but it just seems like if they are going to add to this team, somebody's going to have to go. Well, it remains to be seen if that happens or not. But but to, to touch on Romanov, we were talking about him a little bit with Brendan Burke before you came on. And, you know, I got to thinking, when the Islanders brought in Semyon Varlamov, I mean, obviously outside of just being a great goaltender and a guy, you know, you wouldn't mind having between the pipes, but there was a lot of speculation behind the fact that he was pals with Ilya Sorokin, that maybe it would be a way to kind of, you know, make a a more welcoming environment for Sorokin. So he had a guy there, you know, obviously a fellow Russian, speaks the language. Um, And when I look at this deal with Romanov, do you think that there's anything... There as well, where where maybe Luke he's in on a guy like that because he does have a history with Sorokin, where um you know maybe he's just another guy that can make him feel comfortable and uh you know be happy to be in that locker room.
4: Sure, certainly makes sense. Anytime you can bring a countryman in, we've seen it a lot of times with Swedish or Finnish players where they bring an older older guy from one of those nations to be with a younger player a rookie. It can only help acclimate. Get used to the system, uh, part of the team, on top of the language. Everything everything counts. Certainly, Ilya Sorokin is has, has, has blended well. So, another friend of his on the team, I'm sure, raises every, those guys' games. <clears throat> and you just get a better team dynamic out of it. So, sure, it makes sense. I mean, uh, none of us knew a ton about Romanov, but everything I read and heard is, is very positive and upbeat. He's only 22. Plenty of upside, not expensive. That's key in Lou's world at the beginning. Big contracts come later, so same age as no adopts, and that's it's a good core. They can't keep going with Sudano Char and Andy Green beyond a certain point. So they had to get younger and that gives them some flexibility to make other moves. So yeah, I, I think it would certainly fall in line with that that concept.
2: Talking with Alan Crater here on the line, brought to you by our friends over at Thai Technology. Alan when it when you look at the the uh, the Romano, Romanov move, um, we are gonna stumble over that name a lot Sean <laughs> <Shani. laughs> yes, um, when you look at the Romano move, do you think that the value of the pick that was traded was worth the value of the player that they received obviously, Social media is never a great representation of, of reality, but a lot of people bringing up the idea of what the Islanders were able to get in return for a guy like no uh, for Devontae, who obviously went to Colorado and has now won a Stanley Cup. Um, but when you look at that trade the Islanders made on draft night, do you think that the value that they they got in return of the player was worth the 13th overall pick?
4: Mm, it's hard to say. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a tough one. Apparently they didn't see what they really – wanted or wanted to keep it for at that place so yeah that's the riddle we can never really answer i always hesitant to trade first round picks but as we've seen gems come much later very often so just because it was that pick right at that time doesn't mean it was the next ryan gets left right so it uh it's it's a riddle it, it had to be something seen in terms of filling an immediate need that made Lou say okay then but i'm sure if it was a top you know five pick it would seven pick it wouldn't have happened but we've seen those kind of trades before too that haven't worked out the rangers some years five years ago traded up to get number seven turn it to leah Anderson. we don't know who that worked out right. So <laughs> it doesn't always work out that was a unmitigated disaster really <laughs> uh, uh, looking back i mean from the whole whole of that trade wasn't uh wasn't what they intended so tony d'angelo uh coming to the rangers derek step on Andy ranta so no things don't always work out uh with with those kind of trades i i from the flip side it can't hurt to have an established you know young player either so instead of waiting three years for the 13th pick they have a young player that's going right into the lineup in october
2: yeah it's a, it's an interesting it's there's a lot of potential upside and I think that's kind of what everyone's hoping is that that potential upside develops. But Alan, with that in mind, when you look at look at the 2022-2023 New York Islander defensive unit, the other question is who is playing alongside some of these guys. You look at the Pelik, Pulak's going to be there, Romanoff, assumably, is going to be there, Dobson and Mayfield. You mentioned that the Islanders can't really continue on with guys like Zdeno Chara or Andy Green anymore at this point either, which makes sense because you saw the success or lack thereof with Zdeno Chara. Andy Green was serviceable, but there's only so long he can be serviceable and, and effective if this team's looking to compete for a cup. But when you look at that last defensive spot, is there anyone, A, in the organization that that's set to kind of fill that void or is this another free agent signing that the Islanders have to make and is there anyone you would look towards that could possibly be in an Islander uniform next season?
4: Maybe Robin Salo makes the leap. Uh, maybe Sebastian Ajo sticks around full season, uh, more of an impact. Robin Salo has been on, Ohio, on their radar for, for a couple of years now, so he's the, probably the most likely. Uh, of course, I still have Thomas Hickey in the minors, but
1: <laughs>
4: right. yeah, I, I would bet on him. I mean, he he was a high round pick too. Uh, he's shown some promise. He hasn't played a ton of games up, but I know Barry Chut spoke very highly of him. So, right, they were watching him closely, and uh, he's still not expensive, of course. So, but only played 21 games for them last year. Um, not not certainly not enough of a uh, a workload to uh, judge by. But and he only had. 40 games, plus some playoff games at Bridgeport. So he's, he's still young and, and, and on the rise. So maybe maybe he's the one. Uh, you never know. There could be some surprise emerging player in camp. That happens once in a while. And maybe they keep Andy Green. I don't know. Maybe they keep him one way year. It's conceivable.
1: So... I mean, possible. I, I, the only way I see them keeping Andy Green is as a seventh defenseman. I just they can't right. go into this season with him <laughs> as a regular. And I like Andy Green, right. and and as as it's been said, he's been serviceable. Yeah. But I mean, you look at that age, and and you know, he's he's if he's not at forty, you're He's right there. <laughs> so they and and and, yeah. and and his his age and his Danochara, they were both exposed last year without that foot speed, and and we saw how much that maybe didn't hurt them necessarily on the defensive side of things. The defensive numbers were still good, but the offensive side was still suffering. They were having trouble transitioning the puck the other way, and they just need younger legs. I mean, that's the bottom line. So, I mean, I would be a little discouraged if Andy Green was was brought back to play the left side, uh, whether it would be with Dobson or with Scott Mayfield. I think there's got to be somebody else brought in if Robin Solo isn't ready, and and I wouldn't be I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to Sallow stepping in and maybe playing that third pair with Scott Mayfield. Maybe maybe he's ready.
4: Maybe I mean sure, I'm sure. Uh, maybe they, Andy Green could be a perfectly fine seven. Uh, you need that one guy that doesn't always play. Right. Uh, they they've done that in the past, so uh, it's not. Dennis Seidenberg was in that role for a while. Though they had somebody around just in case, so can't hurt. It won't be expensive. I think he likes it here. From what I understand, he's a very much a loop player. Uh, I'd be shocked if they re-signed Chara at 45, for, <laughs> but uh, stranger things have yes. happened. Yes, they have. Right? It would serve- so you never, you, you never know.
2: Oh, it would be it, uh, that would be a very interesting end to of the off season. That would be a rough day on <laughs> social media and on the country. I'll tell
4: you that. <laughs> a rough day. Yeah. That was, Those
2: happen, don't they? Alan Crada from the Associated Press. Also, his work has appeared in the New York Times. He's been on Fox 5 and NBC with Bruce Beck during the playoffs this year for his coverage of the New York Rangers. Of course, Alan covers the Islanders as well, or we wouldn't have invited him on the podcast because we know better <laughs> right, at this
1: point. Of course. Um, well, sure. we just voted a Yankee, guy. That's so. true. <laughs>
2: um, but, Alan, I, before we let you go, and we really do appreciate the time you take that you're taking to join us on a beautiful Saturday yes. uh, morning, afternoon at this point. Um, when it comes to next season, when it comes to the Islanders, the 2022-23 Islanders season, do you do you expect any big roster surprises once we get to the start of training camp? Do you expect a big name or a big signing to come out uh, or, or to be in a New York Islander uniform when training camp opens in, in September?
4: I really don't right now. I don't, just something about keeping it as it was. They, they weren't – last year wasn't the disaster everyone – May have thought it was or looks like on paper i mean they were up against it in so many ways the team wasn't that different from the team took tampa bay to game seven eastern conference finals they had the trip they had the COVID disaster they had injuries they had so many things that worked against them early in the season that i don't think we ever really saw the true team the second half was better right so are they that far if they're not they, were, they don't. Have, they didn't need the complete rebuild like Montreal did, or like Ottawa does, or like Chicago's going through. There aren't that many missing pieces. They just. They definitely needed more scoring. Yeah, right. Uh, and it wasn't there enough. But a giant piece, I still don't sort of see it. Lose ways are more methodical. Right. So I. I see the core still staying together at least another year. Of course, the big wild card, the big question mark is the coaching change. Is Lane Lambert just Barry Trotz 2.0 is he Barry charts 1.5 like where are we? <laughs> where are we with that it's it's still a little sort of hard to believe Barry won't be there right with all yeah. that he accomplished and how far he brought them along to me last year was a complete outlier everything about it was was odd and weird from the beginning you can't win when you start out with a road trip even though they started out five two and two it's, it was off from the beginning. The glut of games, the, everything was against them. And then, of course, the COVID disaster just just hampered them no end. Um, the, the, not just the games players missed, the games players weren't 100% for going forward. It just was too much to bear. They were behind by too much. You're playing, what, 60% of your season knowing you probably have no chance of the playoffs. Very mentally difficult. You're trying to sell out a new arena that was a very hard upsell dynamic too the fans were patient off the success they had before but i don't know how patient they'll be this year so to me it's just like that lowest test score you toss out at the end of the semester (laughs) and start over Uh, i mean because really barry trotz's first three years were excellent even with all the covid Messes they went through, and but all the winning they did, and all the playoff success they had. So the 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 pieces are in place. They probably they just need to be a better 82 game team. Yeah, they were really built for the playoffs and didn't get there this year, and they had a lot of trouble being that 82 game team. So what piece gets added? I I think it'll be more tinkering than big splash. (laughs) That's my that's my sense at the moment. Uh, Gives them more flexibility during the season itself than Lou. Lou rarely signs the giant get, but giant free agents anyway, so my, my sense is, of course, stays the same. Some tinkering, maybe a few surprise emerging players in camp, and and they're right there in it with their solid defense and very good goaltending from the beginning. I mean, the division's going to be tight. It always is. Uh, teams had great seasons last year, with the Islanders not in the mix. They benefited, but that, that may change. The Flyers should be better with John Tortorella, behind the bench. He always improves teams. The Rangers are very good now, but can they sustain it? Does Washington slip a little bit? Does Pittsburgh slip at all? I mean, Carolina's the the class of the division, so it's not going to be easy. But cracking the top four or five, certainly in a better position. Uh, you know, getting rid of last year's karma and and everything that went with it, practically from day one.
2: Alan Crata, the Associated Press, also works in the New York Times and other places Alan really do appreciate the time you've given us this after uh, this morning and uh, can't wait to have you on again real soon
1: yes you're welcome any time for you guys. Thanks a lot,
2: Alan. Take Appreciate care. Appreciate it again. You too. Take Alan, care. Have Alan Crata from the New York, uh, from the Associated Press and the New York Times. Um, some great
1: stuff as always. Two great back-to-back guests there with Brendan yeah. coming on and then uh, and, and, and in a pinch too. In. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, you <laughs> know, if you guys hit. saw on 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 social media, we were supposed to have our our friend Tony Stabile sit down with us. Unfortunately, a uh, little under the weather, couldn't make it down. But uh, Alan, Alan. Uh, you know, pinched hit for him, did a great did a great job and of course getting Brendan Burke on in house. Yeah. Fantastic stuff. So but uh, we're we're still rolling here. We got plenty to talk about. I'll do a little more in depth here on just uh, the latest news with the New York Islanders and you know, you talk about the, the coaching staff getting rounded out here. Doug Huda, he was an assistant with the Detroit Red Wings for six seasons, mm-hmm. actually played a, a little stint with the Islanders during the fisherman era way back when. And they bring in Brian Wiseman. He was an assistant with Edmonton for three years, drafted by the Rangers, had a cup of coffee with the, with the Leafs, so obviously he's a plant. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you got him handling the forwards, you got who to handle on the D-side, Lane Lambert in the captain's chair now. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, any commentary, commentary here on the coaching staff now that it's been completed, Christian? I mean, I'm just curious to see how re- everything shakes out. We really won't know
2: too much until we see them on the ice in September. Uh, or even yeah. if they do rookie camp, we'll get our first real taste of, of Lane Lambert as the as the man in charge behind the bench. And, um, and as Alan Kreider said, if it is Barry Trotz 2.0, not the worst thing in the world. No, I mean, <laughs> I, I think that's the interest. And I think everyone we've talked to that we've had on about the move has kind of alluded to the same thing. It's a really interesting situation because of that circumstance alone is that you know, Lane Lambert gradu- is a graduate of the school of Barry Trotz, so you know we're never gonna. We still will never get the full story of why Barry Trotz was let go, and then to bring in Lane Lambert. Um, you know, the flip side of that is it's great to finally see someone not in the kind of coaching rotation that always gets a job after flaming out somewhere else lands land land a head coaching job almost immediately. Um, so that's it, that was a nice change, you know. It's mm-hmm. nice to not see Paul Maurice, Paul, Paul Maurice, end up in uh, uh, you know coaching the Islanders or Mike Babcock coaching the Islanders, it's close or even the Panthers or you know Claude Julien coaching. You know, what I mean, <laughs> like the same guys that always get jobs, right? right. Um, and that's always been the knock on, on NHL, the NHL coaching carousel is that you know those guys will always get jobs because someone's gonna hire them again it's the old you know it's the same nonsense over and over again the same thing with general managers you got a guy who Peter Sharelli somehow still you know gets <laughs> yeah. a job a job yeah. offers after being I mean just completely mismanaging a lot of the different things and that, right. that in itself, you know is insane so when you look at any other career or job or sport even in that position when a guy flames out as bad as some of these others have or um you know after a while or after a lack of success for so long it's like all right you're just not going to get a job for a bit well we'll bring someone new it just doesn't happen in the nhl so that was that was the positive but of that to happen for that to happen in the islander situation is a little bit odd too
1: It's it's unique. I mean, that's we spent the last show a couple of months ago with Ethan Sears talking about it. Just the fact that I mean, just the shell shock from Barry Trotz being fired and and Lane Lambert Lane Lambert coming in. And, And I think, you know, as we said on that on that episode, I mean, probably the best way to go. And I don't think there's too many Islander fans that will be upset if if Lambert does bring a lot of the same things to the table that Barry Trost did. I mean, and look, he has some advantages here. He has familiarity with the squad, with the roster, with the system. I don't think he's going to change it too much. He may not change it at all. Right. And maybe there's a, a tweak here or there to try to open up the offense a little bit more. But, but you know, as as Brendan Burke said, I mean, you know, it may not have been the system. It may have just been the, the personnel. Personnel
2: which it, then kind of raised but we I mean we could go all on yeah. but it just right. raised then if that's the if that's the case why is it why is the coach the sacrificial lamb in that scenario but again you know right right I mean, we so don't have to gone gone into that to depth but right.
1: um but it, it raises a lot of interesting questions Indeed, indeed, and and Piero Greco and apparently Mitch Corn for all intents and purposes are still on board. They're still around. Yeah, so which is a positive. But
2: that's a big that's a big thing for the Islanders. Those two have done such a great job, and um, you know, with with molding the goaltending yeah. situation that they have, the goaltending success that they have,
1: I should say. Yes. So let's look at this this deal that they swung a little more in depth here. Romanov. Romanov. Yes, the thirteenth pick dealt to the Habs. For Amonov and the ninety eighth pick, which was a fourth rounder, right. uh, in a rare three team deal, essentially, the, the Habs needed that deal to happen in order to make that trade yeah. for Kirby Doc from the Blackhawks. Right. So the Blackhawks who are just blowing everything up too. Yeah, yeah. Interesting things going on in Chicago. Yeah. But one hundred and thirty three NHL games under his belt, most of any second rounder from the twenty eighteen draft for whatever that's worth. 22 years old, 6'1", 209 pounds, led the Habs with 225 hits last season, 142 blocked shots, a PK specialist, and voted best defenseman in the 2019 World Juniors. I robbed all of that information from (laughs) NewYorkIslanders.com. But there you have it. But look, those are all positive things. Now, you know... I wonder we, we've why it's on the team website. <laughs> yeah, right. But we've been very forthcoming with our lack of knowledge on, on Romanov. I'm not going to sit here and pretend to to know exactly what he's going to bring in, bring to the table just yet. I mean, I, I basically have what you guys have going, you know, uh, looking at social media, reading whatever pieces and articles about the guy. And, you know, outside of the of games against the Habs, I haven't seen too many Canadians games this year. You know what I mean? Right, so exactly. So it's hard for me to give a, a good assessment other than just kind Kind of look at the the uh, the content that's out there and 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 you know read the um, the reactions from people and and it's been a mixed bag. Some people said the Islanders overpaid with the first. Others say it's a great trade. Others say he's got a lot of upside. He's a, he's a promising player and. You know, you can definitely spin a positive in the fact that he is so young. He can now grow with this core defenseman when you look at Pellick and Pullick and Dobson. And, and if he ends up being that perfect guy to round out the top four, then it's looking pretty good. And, and you and I you know, talked about before the show, you know, who's going to pair with who. They still got to bring in another guy to potentially right. pair with Mayfield. And, you know, you may see the, the breaking up of Pellick and Pullick. Maybe you see Noah Dobson with Adam Pellick. And maybe you see Romanov with Pullick to kind of offset the the youth, the the younger guys, so that they're kind of both with a veteran now, you know, as we were talking about. So that's something that could happen. And I think the the jury's just still out on who's going to be Scott Mayfield's partner. I, I'm not sold on the fact that that Robin Salo's got that job. I, I, I actually necessarily... forgot about
2: Robin Salo too for for a moment or two there. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, that would actually kind of make sense. But uh, I'd that's be fine. also a big up in big question up in the air.
1: I'd be fine with it, but it wouldn't yeah. surprise me if, if Lou and and the coaching staff wanted somebody with a little more experience rather than just right. kind of tossing out to the fire and saying, here you go, you're a regular third pairing <laughs> defenseman now. <laughs> right. You know, I think they'd rather bring him along slow. As they've as we 've had with other players, so if I had to bet i 'm sure uh, another defenseman is probably going to be brought in and I, and I would have to guess you know via free agency that 's the thought I think going back to Romanov
2: that you everything you said is is pretty spot on to what the situation is right like you know he's going to be a guy that when you look at that trade, you're looking to go, wow, the 13th overall first first round pick, that's a big thing to give up there. But then you look at the draft class and you go, after maybe the fourth pick, which which ended up being Shane Wright, who you yeah. know w- was by a lot of prognostic prognosticators for a while and looked at as maybe he's the number one overall pick this year and that right. and this and that. There weren't a lot of names that people knew when they were getting called after that at that point in the NHL draft, and I think that. This year's thirteenth overall pick. When you're trying to look at a positive spin on all this, you can go. The draft class wasn't that deep. Is the guy that you were going to draft from? Is the guy you were going to draft from? Wherever was he going to be an impact player in a year or two, or even this this upcoming season? Right. He wasn't. Um, and then you look at the upside on Romanov, and you go, okay, he's young, he's still developing which means you can kind of mold him into the player that you want him to be or need him to be in in, within the system that lane lambert and and the players around him are going to need to utilize you're looking at him and go there's still so much time and growth in his game you look at him and go it's going to be not he's not going to be as expensive possibly as someone else to fill to maybe become be an upgrade or you know that puck moving defenseman maybe would have cost a little bit more if you were looking for someone who's a top four pair, top four pairing defenseman instead of you know maybe that's third pair defenseman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it kind of evens out. The jury is still going to be out on what this kid does and, and doesn't do at this point. And I think we're going to start to get a sense of that in training camp and when he finally steps onto the ice. But it, on paper, it looks like a, like a well enough move that it made sense why you would pull the trigger on a deal at the draft like that.
1: Yeah, and I think the the, sh- the shock and maybe overall initial even disappointment for, for Islander fans once the trade was announced, it was like, look, if you're going to deal your first-round pick... For, for something that's going to help now, you're expecting that name to be a little more recognizable, right? right? Like it's going to go towards somebody like maybe a JT Miller in in Vancouver, right? right? A right. deal that that apparently uh, fell through at the last minute, but so I think it was kind of just like all this buildup. Oh, okay, we have a trade to announce. Okay, lose lose making a deal here, yeah. and he deals that first round, and it's all for like who Alexander Romano? Who, who's that? You know. And, oh. We couldn't even say his name correctly. Right, right. We had
2: to get yelled at by Brendan Burke. Yes, yes,
1: which, which is which is perfectly fine. But but the thing is, you know, I think it's kind of now just a wait and see. Like right. we're not sure yet. Maybe it ends up being a great deal. Maybe Lou ends up looking like a genius. Hopefully he does. I mean, the truth is, they need him to. They need him to yeah. pan out. They need him to to round out that top four, and and you know really um, you know change the dynamic of that defense, which which again you know was was definitely. Uh, you know a part of the reason why they had so much, so many struggles you know just just you know transitioning the the puck into into offense and stuff like that so you know it's and maybe it's, that
2: solves a lot of the scoring issues that you saw right like that was the whole mo of the of the team for for the first two years of barry trotz is that their defensemen
1: create the offensive opportunities and when you don't have a puck moving defenseman like that right there you go yeah, I mean, and ho- and hopefully that's the case. I mean, and and Alan Crater brought up a great point too about this team kind of proving that they can be an 82 game team, right? Because you have the two shortened seasons where they got to the conference final. I, who knows how things would have went if those were 82 game seasons? Right, and, right. You know, you even look back. I believe at that first year under Trotz, where you know they they were so good out of the gate, they built up a, a lot of points in in the earlier parts of the season. They kind of took their foot off the gas, right. and Backed in a little bit, and 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 I think I forget if it was two years. Ago, Go or last year uh, sorry uh, three years ago when had the had the season extended to 82 games they might have fell out of playoff contention i mean they went on a bad streak yes. towards the end of that, that was season the, um,
2: that was the COVID season yeah 2020 right okay there you
1: go so yeah i mean that's another thing because the rangers were right on their right on their heels they were right behind yes them. yes yes so i mean that's that's why you know the it seems like they are going with that emphasis of getting younger, getting younger legs yeah. and stuff like that because, I mean, it, it really was apparent. I mean, I remember watching a number of games last season where they just couldn't get out of the zone. Yeah, You know, they just couldn't transition the I other way. I felt like
2: that was not a lot. I think that was at least happened once or twice every game.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's probably a fair point to make. It but was, It was
2: rough some games. You're just, there was a lot of bad movement. They couldn't get out of the zone. And um, even getting, in, getting through the neutral zone was a, was a big issue for them at times.
1: Yeah, no, no question about it, and and that's you know like I don't know is is Romanov gonna be that guy who's gonna be able to skate the puck out of the net, make a good first pass, and transition to the neutral zone, or, or is there somebody else that they need? I mean, you know, we, you joke about bringing back former players. You mentioned it a little bit with Brendan, but oh, but Nick Letty, yeah, Nick Letty. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I have a boy getting on the Nino Niederreiter. I have show. a I, I have like a buddy of mine. If he's listening to the show, he he probably just cringed by me bringing up his name. He is, is it not, who I think it is? I'm not sure. My buddy. I don't know. Yeah, you have a few of them. Yeah, <laughs> I do have a few of them. But there's one guy in particular who is just not a Nick Letty fan at all. Like he wants nothing to do with it. But I mean, it would not shock me in the least if they brought Nick Letty back. And and it, whether that's you know their first target or if they look at a, a couple other guys and they and they you know swing and miss and then they're like all right Nick we'll bring you back. But right. like you can do worse. You can do worse. And and we do know that. He can transition the puck out of the zone. We do know that he has offensive capabilities, yeah. and well, even if even if the the Letty Mayfield pairing was was not always the prettiest at times, and who's to say that they'd be paired back together? But right. again, I think he's still only thirty one. Like you would think he's like thirty six by now with how long he's been in the league, but he started so young with the yeah. Blackhawks, yep, yep, yep. and they a thirty one year old Nick Letty. You can do worse than that. I'm not necessarily advocating for it, but I mean, would it shock you? They won't shock hate. me. I don't, and I don't hate the
2: idea either. Like I, I mean, I, I also realized I was the one who mentioned it in the first place. But yeah, but yeah, like if, if you look at the addition of Romanov, okay, he moves the puck. You, you had Nick Letty is like your third pairing defenseman with, dare I say,
1: Scott Mayfield. Yeah, I mean, sure, pencil him in there for now. Third, and that's another thing too. I mean, Letty Mayfield were kind of like a second pairing back then, right? There was a little more. There's
2: a little more pressure, and maybe that wasn't fair on mm-hmm. on the whole situation, and right? And then you're asking him. He's got to be one of, the, and then he's got to be one of the puck moving defensemen. And then you look at also the fact that if you have two like versatile puck moving defensemen, it takes the pressure off Letty being the one who has to kind of carry the kind of quarterback the whole mm-hmm. that whole procedure as well. So. I mean, it's interesting. You would hope that maybe there's something else up loose sleeve for for the defensive side of the ice, but at the same time, you look up, look at the forwards and you go, "This team needs to score, and this team needs to put bucks in the net." And, right? Um, you know, forwards are probably the biggest. Where if you're going to make a big splash, maybe that's the that's the you know that's the position you're going to make one at, and, and then you can go out and just make a. You know, a, a small deal for like a Nick Letty, like Nick Letty type player.
1: Yeah, as far as, as I'm Letty concerned, like there has to be a heavy emphasis on on a forward here, and I mean, in in a perfect world, the top three. But it, there has to it, there has to at least be a top six guy brought in who can just put the puck in the net. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously been the the biggest weakness of this team going back from, from when Barry Trotz even took the team over, and you know, we we now that we're here, we might as well just stick with it. But I mean, there is a long list of players. That are available. Where, like, if Lou doesn't come away with one of these guys, that's when you're like, okay, what, maybe this guy was sleeping, you know, <laughs> once January, <laughs> once uh, July 13th hit. I mean, you know, Forsberg's off the list. Goudreau is there. I don't think anybody should set their expectations at Goudreau, but, hey, you never know. I mean, Lou Lillemarro brought in a guy named Amelia Kovalchuk once, so you never know, right? And, obviously, he'd have to do a lot more willing and dealing to make that happen with the money that would be involved. But you set your sights there to start. And there's a lot of other interesting names like Burakovsky and Nishuskin out of, out of Colorado. I imagine they're going to try to hold on to both of those guys. Claude but, but either one of those guys would look pretty damn good yeah. next to Bozelle. I think Claude Giroux, yeah, and I, you know, I could totally see that because the Islanders love their veterans. Lou loves his veterans, uh, and if that's a fit, that wouldn't shock me. Then, and, and I think Claude Giroux could help the New York Islanders. Now, Gr- granted, he's on the wrong side of thirty. Right. and you don't know how many years he's going right. to get. And, and he's probably going
2: to want a longer-term deal with some security mm. down the line and probably some saying where he goes, you know, any right. sort of movement in his tri- in his contract going forward. So that obviously adds a, a, a wrinkle to it. Here's a thought, and this is going to be a little crazier, a little out there, of Genny Malkin. I, I, apparently contract talks are kind of falling apart between him and the Pittsburgh Penguins, and Malkin's still a 20-plus 20, 20 goal scorer for the most part, and, you know, would that be the worst thing in the world? You had a veteran guy. You talk about bringing a fellow countryman in, you know, <laughs> right off and, right, um, you know, a, a guy that has been a noted Islanders killer for the course of his career. I mean, I mean, <laughs> yes. the Pittsburgh Penguins have just notably made careers out of killing the Islanders, yes. but Evgeny Malkin more so than than maybe just about everyone except except someone named Sidney Crosby. But right, um, you know, obviously he's a center, and the Islanders do have would have to do some some moving around a little bit at that position as well, but. I mean, is that the is that the worst thing in the world if you can bring in a guy like Genny Genny like Malkin who may or may not be looking for, or you could get him on maybe a shorter contract.
1: Well, it's funny because you say is that the worst thing in the world, and I think there's so many names in the list where you could literally just say that, like True. is it the worst thing in the world they bring right, in this guy? You know, there's so <laughs> many guys like that. And look, I ultimately think Malkin's going to stay with the Penguins. I'd be pretty surprised if he didn't. I it's, mean, it's
2: gotten pretty bad. Oh yeah, it's gotten pretty pretty. Not I don't want to use the word contentious, but it certainly mm. doesn't seem like things. I know are he was joking.
1: Rosy. After Latang got his contract, he, he put a joke on like a social media saying, "Hope I'm not playing against you next year" or something like that. I don't think
2: it's a joke. There was a story story out by Rob Rossi in the Athletic actually mm. about kind of going behind the scenes of where things are, and yeah, I think there's a real sense of 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 that if Malkin thinks that the Penguins don't think look at him as a, a valuable player anymore, right? Because apparently. From the story uh it, it's on the athletics if you want to read it rob rossi is the author um maybe it's last year two years ago mm-hmm. malkin was before his surgery uh like old ownership under Mario Lemuse said we will take care of you and obviously with the new ownership group that has taken taken over in a very short period of time of the penguins it's a much different, much different scenario, and there doesn't seem to be that same urgency to keep a guy who, you know, Gennie Malkin, I think, wants to retire a Pittsburgh Penguin. He's put his entire career there, and um, I think that's something that's important to him and, and, right. and, and Mario Lemieux. Um, but it seems like that's not at the forefront right now for on Hextall in that, in that front office. So it, uh, there could be an opportunity there if you can get him on a, on a, on a, on a I don't want to say a bargain contract, but you, you can right. work out a, a reasonable deal. That that would be a pretty big audition uh, audition audition
1: for the <laughs> Islanders. Yeah, I mean, it, look, he's he's one of the greatest guys to lace up the skates in the last twenty years, right? And he's but he's thirty five, thirty six. He's very injury prone. I mean, yeah, a healthy Evgeny Malkin for eighty two games. Who's not many people are going to say no to that. I mean. I just don't know if, if him with his injury history and his age, if, if that's, you know, the, the, the first person you look at here. But it can, can you do worse? Absolutely. So I just don't know if that's – I don't think that's where the Islanders are setting, they, setting their sights. I think that's a maybe a consolation prize guy. Again, a guy who can which probably is, help. Which is incredible when
2: you think about saying like, – Yeah. Think about that. Think about ever having – thought that sentence would be well, would be spoken in, in any time. Well, this is
1: the same show that said that Alex Ovechkin wasn't at the top of the list a couple of years Alex ago. Alex Ovechkin wasn't <laughs> at the top of the list. I want to be
2: abundantly clear, he's never at the top of the list. Because yeah. he wasn't going anywhere.
1: And we know Matty Boy remembers that.
2: I know, but, but he wasn't going anywhere. That was the thing. Yeah. Like
1: everyone, everyone and their
2: mother said he wasn't going anywhere.
1: Well, needless to say, Evgeny Malkin is an, is another interesting name. Uh, Vincent Trocek's a great player. I don't know if he's exactly what the Islanders are looking for because he kind of fits a similar mold to some of the guys they already have, mm-hmm. but again, like he's he's a guy who can play top six, who can play well. I don't know if he, you're going to play him on the wing. He's more of a center, but I think Trocek's a guy who could help again if maybe maybe you're not getting the number one guy on your list. Nazem Kadri is another obviously very interesting. Though. Oh yeah, he's going to make bank yeah. this this offseason. Another yeah. one of those guys where if you're bringing in a guy like him, you, you have to move salary. I mean, you're talking yeah. not just moving a Bailey or a or a Bavillier, but probably both yeah. to make it work. You know, something like like, they, like same thing with uh, Claude. Gir, uh, sorry, with uh, Johnny Gaudreau, mm-hmm. um, Ricard Raquel is another name out there. Right, um, another Mike, name. Mike
2: Carver has always been high on Ricard Raquel, hasn't he?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's look, he's another good player. He's not Johnny Gaudreau, but he's another good player who could help. I mean, I mean, and that's been the Islanders' mo for a long time, where they haven't had that star to ride shotgun. Whether it was with John Tavares, right. You know what about what about Evander Kane? Evander Kane, <laughs> he, I just look. He obviously <laughs> <laughs> just look. Let me. He, all right, he played very well with Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers. He was excellent. Yeah, he was very good. He played well in the playoffs. So from that standpoint. Yes, he looks like a good... I mean, he's definitely not he's, a Lou guy by any stretch. Well, that's where yeah. I was going. I just don't think he's a guy Lou Lamarillo would bring in. I just don't. For a, a number of reasons. Yeah, and, and for a franchise that puts so much emphasis on the locker room, I don't think they want that guy going anywhere near that yeah. locker room. I mean, un- unless they really think that they can kind of bring the reins on it. But nobody really has to this. Well, apparently it's been working out in Edmonton. Right, but he was so, only there for... Right, five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> Right, but no. It's so like...
2: That's like the. That's uh, like when your buddy, you know, your buddy has that one kid that's way out of control, and for the first five minutes, the kid's probably very well behaved, and then they're out of control for the rest of the time you see them. Right, it's the same thing with the. Man. Yeah, he's well behaved for about five minutes, and that's how long. Yeah, he was I don't. In. I don't in, think. That's, and then, and then the rest of the other shoe drops. And I don't think that's he's a really talented player. Mm-hmm. He's a really talented hockey player, but there is a lot of baggage that comes along with him, and right. you know, it's ju- it's tough. Or I think a lot of organizations to justify the baggage that comes along with him. Mean, even even you look at a guy like a Tony D'Angelo, where he also comes with a lot of baggage <laughs> yeah. as well. But yeah. there there seems to be a bit more of a ma- uh, a way to I guess manage some of that. Yeah, whether he's whether,
1: continuing this tour of the Metropolitan Division he's now back in Philadelphia,
2: I'm pretty sure he's speaking right. to the media right now because I saw oh, yeah. a tweet put out before that was that was uh, it, it, uh, I guess a quote a direct quote from him which was. Um, you know, like I said, I guess he's speaking.
1: Right, right. So another name, actually, and funny enough, T-Boyle13 just mentioned it. Uh, Andre Plot is going to free agency, so I guess he's not sticking with Tampa. He's another really good player, back-to-back Stanley Cup winner. I mean, again, he's not, he's not that top-flight, you know, first-line winger, but he's a top-six guy who he's a great player. And yeah. he's a guy I'd be happy to have the islanders have. Now I don't know, is, is, is that is that enough? Is is he a big enough name or a, a, a big enough score to where you're satisfied? I don't know. It, it just question. it just becomes goal scoring by committee again, like I was starting to say before. Like that's been this team's MO where they haven't had that, that one guy yeah. where it's it's more, okay, you got a couple of you know, a handful of uh, twenty to twenty five goal scores instead of one, you know, thirty five or two, 35, you know, forty goal scores. You know what I mean? That sort of thing. So yeah. It'll, you know, that's that's kind of what we're looking at if you bring in a guy like Palat, uh, somebody on that level. so But, but again, I just don't think the Isles are going to be left holding the bag because there's so many names available. I would like to think Lou's going to, you know, wrangle one of these guys. The question is who and, and, and whether or not it's going to be enough.
2: It is. I mean, that's the thing with, with these free agency decisions. As you mentioned, there are so many different options out there. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see what the what the market is set at too, right? Because usually the first couple big names that come off the come off the the, the list, they usually set the market, right? And how is that going to impact what the owners are going to do? And how is that going to impact what the rest of the league does? Uh, is always something to watch out for because there's always that one knucklehead GM that goes out and gives someone like Andrew Ladd a massive contract, and then and then you got to <laughs> bury him somewhere. <laughs>
1: He's a free agent this summer. You can bring him back? <laughs> you can bring him back. No, good old number 16, Andrew Ladd. No, I think they're going to retire that number at the end of the day. Yes, but probably not for him. Andrew Ladd. Yes. No, you Andrew think Ladd. so? Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, there you have it, folks. Andrew Ladd.
2: Retire number seven, retirement. Retire 17 Christian for Sean Arnold. Bates. Huh? said so retire number 17 for Sean
1: Bates. Put him in, put him in the, put him, him and Andrew Ladd in the Isles Hall of Fame. And we'll wow. I, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. But, um, you know, you never know. Crazier things... Have happened, and on the defensive side, it's funny we, we talked about we talked about Nicoletti a little bit. Another another interesting name that's going to be available again. I don't know if this is somebody who uh, you know they're going to have the the money for, but John Klingberg
2: is, yeah.
1: is destined to be a free agent. I'd be
2: interested in him. I definitely be. Interested. Again, the problem is the is the financial aspect. Do you have the money? And as much as much as the Islanders have a lot more cap space than they have had in the last two years. Um, it's, that money is going to start to, it's going to go quickly.
1: I mean, it's going to go in the stamp of a finger. You got to figure at least fifty percent of what they have available right now is going to Noah Dobson. They yes. have twelve million available. Now, whether he gets anywhere between six to eight million or whatever it is, you know, if they go long term, I mean, you're looking at maybe fifty percent of that. Yeah, and then that's enough for that's so right away. I mean, y- y- you have to cross guys like Johnny Gaudreau off your list and a lot of guys on that list, I mean, because those guys are going to make plenty more than $6 million. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I'm saying a guy like Bo and or Bailey would have to go if they're going to bring in one of those bigger names and if they're, st- if they're st- staying with Semyon Varlamov. because it seems like they
2: are right. for the time being. Who right. knows?
1: But then again, the question becomes who would they even who would be
2: even the backup in that bizarre scenario because, I mean, like, the Islanders don't have. Uh, I'm sure an they, NHL caliber back. I mean, system. I didn't even,
1: t- I didn't even bother looking at uh, a list of free agent names uh, as far as goaltenders go. Just, just out of the assumption that they're bringing Varlamov back. So, I mean, you're looking at that tandem of Sorokin and Varlamov. But yeah, in that, in that case, you dip in a free agency, you pay a guy somewhere between one and two and a half mil to be your backup, a more standard backup, and you right. give Sorokin the reins. I mean, I think. We might see that for the first time next year in a long time, where Vorlamov's contract is going to expire. Now, who knows? I'm mean, getting way ahead of myself here, but maybe he's a I guy who stays in next year. Right, I know, but <laughs> you know, maybe he, maybe he, didn't he play sta- this year yet. Maybe after his contract expires, he's like, you know, what, I'm going to stick with my buddy and back up Sorokin for for a cheaper contract. You know, he's maybe he signs for a lesser deal and sticks around. I don't know, but but. You know, maybe finally Sorokin kind of ends up being, like, a true number one after this season. I, I, by true, I mean, like, literally playing, like, you know, 65 games. Yes, bulk of them. The right, run. right, the where run. where there's much less of a split, and you get right. away from the Leonard Grice, Varlamov Grice, Varlamov Sorokin that we've seen where it's been a much more even situation. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. But yeah, But, I mean, a lot of names out there. We'll see what happens on the free agency front. Pretty much. By the way, there was a draft. The Islanders did make a couple picks. That's right, they did. Why don't we talk about those guys? Not uh, till the second round, though. Their guys, They're players. One's a defenseman, <laughs> one's a left wing, one's a defenseman, one's a right wing, one's a left wing. Well, they didn't. Yeah, no goalies. So, no goalies. So, they, of course, we, we get to start with 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 a tough Cal, Cali Odilius. I wasn't. We going with that? Sure. Cali Odilius. Okay, sure. <laughs> second like that's, round. That's not even remotely close. Probably not. Sixty fifth overall defenseman. What, what you got? Any info on him? He's Swedish. Played uh, okay played
2: overseas. Um, y- you look at. I mean, these guys are going to make are going to make impacts. Not for quite some. time. If at all, if at all. Um, from my little understanding of of who he is as a player, there's some talk of him having good puck moving skills. Okay, uh, good forechecker that kind of that kind of thing. So that's obviously, I'm sure. The puck moving, especially as a defenseman, was something that caught the Islander scouting staff high sure. right off the bat. So I think that would be the big, a um, big sort of thing to know. He's fluid skater, good skater, <laughs> according to uh, McKean's Hockey. Uh, he has a um, good lateral movement, uh, and he can close the gaps and manage space well. So that's all—all all that little defensive nuggets that that are, are helpful for. for what the Islanders hope to see develop over the course of his career?
1: Okay, there you go. Yeah. Second round pick, Odilius. Perhaps <laughs> definitely not his name. <laughs> Moving on, third round, Quinn Finley, forward, seventy eighth pick overall. What do you have, Mister Finley?
2: He is a six foot, six foot, one hundred sixty six pound, seventeen year old uh, forward. He is committed to play at the University of Wisconsin next season. Um, you look at. What some of the people have been writing, some of the experts. This is uh, Corey Pronman from the Athletic writing. Finley is an interesting prospect. Is he possesses legit skill and speed that could translate to higher levels, and is one of the younger prospects in this class? He shows uh, off the rush. He shows he can be a threat and can beat defenders with that speed. Um, which is a, a good sign for the, for the Islanders down the line. So something to keep, uh, keep an eye out for going forward. Again, he is committed to play at the University of Wisconsin. He spent last season in the USHL with Madison.
1: Okay, there you go. Quinn Finley, Isaiah George, defenseman, fourth round, 98th overall. This is the pick they got in the Romanov deal. Yes, very
2: good. Uh, six foot defender, one hundred ninety six nine hundred ninety six pounds. He's an eighteen year old playing up in for the London Knights in the Ontario Hockey League. This is an interesting one, Chris Peters, who's a, a, a guru when it comes to the NHL draft and these previous prospects, guest on the show. Previous guest on the show. He he wrote a little bit something about. Uh, about Isaiah, Isaiah George and that he goes to the Islanders. He was one of the best players on his list at number f- 75 on his list. And you said he went 94th overall? 98th. 98th overall. So a bit of a steal if he pans out. Um, there's a lot of potential there, he writes. As he matures and gets more ice time, he could be a real value add. Islander fans and, and the organization just needs patience going forward. So that's a, it's a, he's a mobile defenseman, according to Corey Pronin from the Athletic, who plays well on his own end of the rink due to his strong gap control and compete level. He's he can kill a lot of rushes and break up plays. He shows flashes of skill with the puck as well. You said kill a lot of
1: rushes. Yeah, it sounded like you said kill a lot of rushes. I was like, oh my god. I mean,
2: <laughs> he could do that too. Kill. He kills a lot of rushes. <laughs> rushes, and um, he's got a hard shot. Okay, so
1: okay. there you go. Great, and rounding out the draft, two forwards, Matthew Maggio, fifth round, 142nd overall, and Dalen Keffler. Kefler? Both Canadian Hockey League prospects. One's a right wing.
2: He comes in at 5'10", a bit on the smaller side at 186, playing for Windsor last season. Um, looking at his numbers from the OHL in his season with the – with the Windsor Spitfire, he put up 38 goals and 47 assists for 85 points in 66 games in the OHL. Okay, and then of course you had Mr. Dalen Kufler. Yeah, exactly. Uh, at yep. uh, at 20 years old. <laughs> Uh, He comes in at 6'2", 192. He played for the Cameloo Blazers of the Western Hockey League, putting up 38 goals and 21 assists in 65 games uh, in the WHL. He also played uh, 17 playoff games with them as well, scoring 10 goals and 17 assists. Or 7 assists, I'm sorry. It's 10 goals, 7 assists.
1: Okay, well, we'll see hat, how these guys pan out.
2: had tip Stefan Roser, Rosner for that from NYI. Oh, you
1: know. excellent. Very nice. Yeah, I, he was up there in Montreal. Did a great he job. He was, yeah. He was enjoying himself. Very nice. Yeah. Hey, how, how are you not going to have fun in, in, the, uh, in, the province, uh, in the city of Montreal? In the province of Montreal? In oh, the province of Quebec, yeah. Yeah, the city of Montreal. Yeah. You sure about that? I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty, pretty confident. That. No, I'm You're actually good. pretty confident.
2: So that's a roundup of the Islanders draft <laughs> selections. Just Hopefully we hear their names again. <laughs> something of note. Obviously, the biggest the biggest move, and we talked about it from the draft, was, of course, the trade for Alexander Romanov. Nice job. Um, Romanov. Yes. That's what you said. Okay. Yeah.
1: Romanov. Yes. Like Ray Romano, but off. off. Nailed it. Romanov. Yeah, you killed that. Yeah, yeah. That was really good. Yeah. All right, so the last thing... I want to touch on before we break for the hero is just you know you had a couple of names that might have been on on your target list you know as far as the trade goes you have Fiala who ends up leaving Minnesota goes right. to the Los Angeles Kings right you have DeBrinket who ends up getting traded mm-hmm. to Ottawa of all teams kind of kind of didn't the see bear that cat, you mean what's that the Bearcat what did you what did uh, you say DeBrinket. Oh. Is it? That's how I pronounce that. Okay. Am I wrong with that one, too? I probably, might be. I I th- know, these okay. are very tough names they're, they're giving us today. But look, two, two very high scoring forwards that young, high scoring forwards that I'm sure a lot of people You're have. Right. I just them call list. him De Bearcat. The Bearcat? Yeah. That's, I wish it was De, De, De be Bearcat. Cool. But it, it, he probably it's wishes it was De Bearcat, Br- too. Yeah, he probably does. Of the Bearcat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, these guys end up going to teams not named the New York Islanders, and, and you look at the returns and. And, you know, there was some grumbles in Islander Country over the fact, oh, Lou could have beat that deal. You know, what happened there? Sleeping at the wheel again. Fiala goes for the 19th overall pick and top D prospect Brock Faber. He was a second-round pick, uh, 45th overall when he was drafted. Now, I mean, look, a lot of people just like to think that, you know, a general manager steps up to to another guy and says, here, here, here is my offering. And, and that they're just automatically going to take it. There's right. just a lot more that go, goes into it. It depends on what – what the team you're dealing with is looking for. You know, so that whole two-to-tango thing, right? Like, Lou Lou Emerald could have been like, yeah, okay, here's our first. Here's Atu-Ratu, and here's Willem Dufour or whatever it is. But it doesn't mean the guy on the other end likes that deal more than the one he ends up going
2: with. Or even I I think the understanding, too, is that if they came to him and said, we'll take, take, you know, uh, the 13th overall pick and we'll take a prospect, let's just throw in Dufour just for the sake of throwing it in. You also have to understand Lula Amarillo might view in a much, um, and as, as, as a coveted prospect. And he goes, oh, that's a guy I could see playing for this organization, mm-hmm. having a big role in you know, in two, three, 4, 5, 6 years down the line, right. 2, 3, four, let's say, um, where it doesn't make sense for them to go for short-term success when they have a piece that could really be a long-term success prospect. Right. And I think that's the other understanding, too. Like The, the, the value of what the Islanders see in, in DeFore or um why can't I think of his name right now? Even though he just said it. It wasn't DeFore either. It was... Um, the oh, Ratu? Ratu. Yeah. Atu uh, Ratu. You know what I mean? Like, uh, they, uh, people have to understand, too, that that's a part of the consideration. Or maybe these teams don't value him. Maybe he did put him in a trade and he I don't really want that. Or they look at the Islanders... Right. You can't just the assume go, that... Oh, there's nothing. You really can't here. assume that
1: other general managers are looking at the Islanders prospect pool going, oh, yeah, you know, right. I like this guy or I want this... You know what I mean? Just because... And, and look... Fans of, of their own teams usually overvalue their own players and prospects. Yeah. That just happens all the time. So even if you think William Dufour is the next coming now that he had this MVP season. Right. You know, it doesn't mean that that's how he's viewed around the rest of the league, or whether he's a guy you know who who another team wants to bring into their system. So yeah. to just say, oh, the Islanders could have beat that deal. Where was Lou? Why didn't why didn't it happen? I mean, we don't know what happened. We don't right. know what he offered, if he offered anything, right. and and whether it was a serious consideration on the other side of things. And and as far as the DeBrinket goes, I mean, look, he it was a number, a the number guess. seven overall, and a second and a third, and. Number seven, even though it's only six spots away from 13, is, is of much higher value <laughs> yes. than the 13th overall pick. Yeah. And that's <laughs> probably where the emphasis was there. As you said, Chicago's rebuilding. Yes. Right?
2: Chicago's in a much different state than than what the, yeah, it's, it's such a, it's such, it, it's exactly where you would look at some trades that the Islanders make years ago and you go, mm-hmm. why are they doing that? Why right. are they doing this? It's right. the same conversation they there. Blackhawks are looking at it and going, this is a better deal for us in the, our future, and, and especially bringing back a prospect that could potentially have an impact a couple years down the line. Again, I think that may, may have been if there was even a, a conversation in the first place. Right, which exactly. Which we're speculating there was. Maybe there wasn't. Maybe was Lou picked right. up the phone and went, hey, what's up, brah? And you're know, <laughs> right. like, what's up, brah? And I'm like, right. he's like, the Bearcat. He's like, that's not a player on a team. And then they hung <laughs> up the phone. That is exactly <laughs> what would have happened. Right. Um, you know, I mean, but that's that's the, the serious situation of the matter is we don't know if he actually called and said listen we're interested in DeBrincat. cat what would you what would you take to bring him to long island and they said you really don't have the pieces that we're looking for at the moment, right? And I or, bet that happened a lot because yeah.
1: they don't have a lot of pieces. Not the prospect, it's, and, and it, if you're going
2: after teams that are rebuilding or in these mo, like mm. you need to have those prospects. And, and
1: and because Lou has such limited assets, he's going to have to make sure that when he does, if and when he does unload them, it's for the right piece and it's for the right, right. player. Now, now I'm not saying Fiala or or Debrinket wouldn't have helped. I would have loved to get either one of those guys.
2: I, I would have been I would have been more intrigued by Debrincat, okay, than than Fiala. Okay. Yes,
1: yeah, so you're doing. We're both doing great with the names today. Yeah, but look, it didn't happen. There's still a lot of summer to go. We still got to hit free agency. So, you know, I'm not ready to, uh, you know, give give Lou the the F grade yet. Uh, no, I mean, it, it's we're not even into award. free. Exactly. I mean, it's
2: giving uh, uh, an bad grade at this point in the free uh, the off season would be like giving someone an F a third of the way through their semester. Like it doesn't. Right. It wouldn't make a lot of sense because right. there's so much more to do and so much. More that the uh, that more time that Lamarillo has that, it's that's not a fair assessment either of, of his general general managerial style, right? Like I mean I've been pretty hard on Lou Lamarillo, you'd say, and sure, um, and I'm an apologist, so right. it's you, a good you, counterbalance. I you know, love the guy, and you <laughs> think he should be. Uh, the King and um, no no but, but the point is even I can say that 's not a fair that 's not fair to say like oh it 's been off- it's off season it 's terrible mm. well the off season barely started you know what I mean like we just got through the draft we just got through the Stanley Cup final we right. just got through um, kind of for the organization really starting to put the piece together of what this team's going to look like next season right
1: that'd be unfair to do that it would what a what a rational thought from you Christian Arnold I have a lot of rational nice thoughts. job nice job so Alex DePanic. <laughs> nice.
2: If only he came, but the the nicknames are endless. The name gaffs are
1: endless, guys. And T Boyle thirteen says, "What about Wallström in a first for the cat?" Yeah, I mean, sure, but I, I mean, maybe Lou Lamarillo doesn't want to unload Oliver Wallström. Maybe, maybe he's he still thinks that he fits here, and he's going to turn into the player we all hope. Hope he well, does. I
2: think that's the thing too. Like some of those some of those guys that you're looking at and go, oh, they. You know, they, this is the way they played under Barry Trotz. Does that change a little under Lane Lambert? Right. So, would you want to be unless it's like, you know, Sidney Crosby and, and the next coming of Sidney Crosby coming back? to you, that Is is Oliver Wallstrom a guy that you really want to include in a trade package right now? Right. You know, no. that's that's someone that, for the most part, the organization has thought of this. This is a kid that's
1: going to be your huge impact player going forward. Yeah, because the truth is, Oliver Wallstrom could end up one day putting the numbers that that these guys like Fiala and DeBrink are putting up now. And maybe that's yeah. what he sees. I mean, who, we just don't know, and that's, you know, all we can do is speculate, as, as we always seem to say. All we do anyway on this on this show, yeah. But look, they didn't work out. There's plenty of summer to go. We'll see how free agency goes, and and yeah, look, I mean, if, if we end up in a situation where we, we get to September, and you know, the best uh, free agent signing they made was a Dano Jara,
2: then then then, believe then me, we'll yeah, them.
1: then yeah, that's 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 when it's a problem. So we'll, let's wait and see couple of big names they didn't get, but there's still some out there. There's and, uh, time is what we're saying. There, time. there is time. There is be time. Be patient. So, once again, folks, I want to thank you all for hanging out with us on this beautiful Saturday afternoon here at Blue Line, Deli and Bagels at twitch.tv slash hockey night and why and your favorite podcast providers. We're going to take one more break. When we come back, we're, we're going to do a hero of the week. Why not? All right.
2: Okay. I'm curious to see what the hero is. We'll, we'll let, find out. Let alone the player that we pick.
1: We're going to find out. We'll be right back, folks.
3: You have a lot of choices when it comes to great beer, and Oyster Bay Brewing Company provides the best Long Island has to offer. Oyster Bay Brewing Company is dedicated to producing the highest quality beer while staying true to their nautical history on the Gold Coast of Long Island. They're the creators of the renowned Barn Rocker Session Ale, available at 12 locations in the Islander's brand new home, UBS Arena. And because Oyster Bay has increased distribution across the country, you can grab your Barn Rocker from Carolina to California if you're following the team on the road. Here at home, the tap room on 36 Audrey Avenue is open seven days a week with indoor and outdoor seating so you can experience their smooth honey ale, savory IPA, or gluten-free hard seltzers right in historic Oyster Bay. You can also shop online at oysterbaybrewing.com for curbside pickup, local delivery, or have your order shipped anywhere in New York. And if you use coupon code H-N-I-N-Y at checkout, you'll get 15% off. Oyster Bay Brewing Company, Long Island's Gold Coast Brewery.
1: Hey, Islander fans. You already know Blue Line Deli and Bagels is the best place to get your game day meal. And now you can get it at the game. Blue Line Deli and Bagels is proud to be featured in the brand new UBS Arena for all Islander games and live events as an official partner of the New York Islanders. Blue Line is also moving beyond Belmont, opening its doors at 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip. So whether it's at the Islanders' new home, East Islip, or at the flagship deli at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, all three locations are eager to greet you with their familiar, friendly service and the best food around. So stop on in for delicious Bagel Boss bagels, party breakfast favorites, tasty hockey-themed heroes, freshly made smoothies, and so much more. And remember, you can always check out the menu and order online at bluelinedeli.com. Blue Line Deli and Bagels, our goal is to make you a hero. Ladies and gentlemen, you hear this song, that means it's time for the Hero of the Week, brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels, half price hero, which this week is the poke check, featuring roast beef, turkey, ham, Swiss and American, lettuce and tomato, and mayo on a hero. Get it for half price all week, starting tomorrow, that is Sunday, through next week. Stop on in, mention Hockey Night in New York, and get half off the poke check. So, ladies and gentlemen, we do this little segment here, and usually it's a little easier to pick a hero when they're playing hockey. But they haven't <laughs> been playing hockey. They're they really have not. N- they haven't. So we, we, really, we really reached far on this one, and we have a, a co-hero of the week here. Very very easy, very yes. simple, and uh, he, he really did a great job getting traded to the New York Islanders. And <laughs> that is Alexander Romanov. I mean, what, what else do we got here?
2: Listen, I'm sure he packed his bag quite well.
1: Yeah, <laughs> packed his bag He's going to start wearing orange and blue And uh, look As, as we've, we have very bluntly stated We don't know much about this man But I am looking forward to seeing this guy in camp yes. And seeing what he brings to the table And, yes. and see who he gets paired up with, with In camp And, and just uh, how long it takes for him to flourish As a New York Islander So there it is folks Your co-hero of the week Alexander Romanov Ray Romanov <laughs> That's your fault I know <laughs> that's I know. your fault. We
2: gotta. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fine. That was, that was my fault.
1: <laughs> oh, and T. Boyle, thirteen. What a gentleman! Donald, Sean, and Christian are always heroes. That's true. We should we should have made ourselves. That's heroes. really nice.
2: I mean, I mean, could have con- made Donnie the hero for setting us all up and yeah, giving us a,
1: giving us you know great hospitality and making great sandwiches. And, that's true. Uh, we've um, done it before. I mean, we've we've certainly given him his due. We invited. I invited him to be on the show. He said, "No, thanks. I'm not really interested." Today? <laughs> yeah. Nice. No, I did ask him if he wanted to come and talk about the. Delhi, but uh, he doesn't. So he's he's too. Ba- he's a busy man. There's a lot going yeah, on here. It's a man, busy day. People a lot of people coming in. Getting yeah. their sandoz before they See, head to the beach. Donnie's Donnie's not just the president. He's also a member in that he he owns the place, but he also he's also cooking the food back there, man. He's doing a great <laughs> job. You know, he's not just running around pointing fingers. Yeah. He's 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 getting the work done. Ow. Donnie Bagels. Yeah, legend. See, there you go. See, he's 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 an unofficial hero. There you go. I mean, we could have just made him the hero. But we could have. So. We did.
2: So there you go. I mean, if, you, if Don, Donnie had a little longer <laughs> hair, I guess, and maybe his he grew out the the chin patch And took a the bit, glasses off. Yeah, maybe. Could,
1: could look a little
2: like Donald Ross. A little bit. Owner and proprietor of the Blue Line Deli in Huntington, New York. Yes. Jericho Turnpike.
1: Yes. Hey, look, all good things. He's in. He's in UBS Arena now. He's got the new location in East Islip. People are gonna Remember confuse not, him that he's not a centralized. Yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah, all good stuff here People
2: at Blue in Line. The shop. Donnie's in the shop. Be like, where'd, where'd your hair go, Alexander Romanoff?
1: Romanov. Romanov. Romana. So you did it again. You did it again. So there, you, there you go, folks. The hero of the week. The poke check. Stop on in to Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Sweet. Mention Hockey Night New York, and you get it for half off. What a deal! Fantastic. What a deal. So, Christian, I mean, you know, for fun, we'll, yeah. do, we'll do a very short segment of What's on Tap. Oh, this, okay. This, yeah,
2: was the, I don't even what, uh, We'll do a short segment.
1: And now, it's time for What's on Tap. Nothing. Brought to you by <laughs> R.J. Daniels, <laughs> <it's> American <laughs> Bar. We, sure we shortest
2: know. What's on Tap segment ever. There's yeah. nothing on tap.
1: Let's move on. Free agency, July 13th. Okay. It's on great. tap. And then, and then more summer. And then beaches. And then training camp. I mean, that's pretty much it. Golf? Any golf? I mean, I, I would I would assume that there's going to be golf. I mean, there was, you know, probably golf as soon as those guys stepped off the ice. Probably. You know? I've played a couple of rounds since the summer started. Some awful rounds, but i played. Oh. Well, yeah. good for you. You got any golf in there, buddy? I have not. No? Okay. I have not. Which hey. is unfortunate. Because I do like to play every once in a while. Still plenty of summer left. That's true. You know? A lot of beautiful courses here on Long Island. That I've is come true. To learn. Yes. what <laughs> <laughs> I've come to learn. Well, I'm glad you learned that. I, I, I have. It, you know, I mean... It's, it's, it's about time. You know, it's just it's like a rite of passage. You know, you live on Long Island, you got to play golf. <laughs> so there you have it, folks. What's on tap? That's it. Nothing. That's it. Still that nothing. was What's on Tap. It was nothing. Brought to you by R.J. Daniels, <laughs> American Bar and Grill. And with that, we're going right into... It's time for Questions Brewing, brought to you by Oyster Bay Brewing Company, Long Island's Gold Coast Brewery.
2: I don't know. The guy who does the voices
1: for all this stuff kind of sounds like a tool. I don't know. He sounds. He did such a good job with that. Incredible. I mean, no I movie. bet he's very good looking too. Yeah, I doubt it. I bet he's very good. <laughs> <though>. Repulsive. <laughs> the <laughs> word is repulsive. <laughs> you're looking for. And. Questions Brewing brought to you by Oyster Bay Brewing Company and their delicious summer peach. It's oh. summertime. Want to go down to right Oyster right Bay that. Brewing Company and get yourself yeah. a summer peach. <laughs>
3: All
2: right. I mean, that you, could be taken. I don't know, I was just, Oh, come question on. Question brewing. Guy. Care I mean, to speculate <laughs> about what ha- the deal was with Vancouver for JT Miller? According to Chris Botta, it was deemed credible by multiple sources.
1: Yeah, apparently that's the thing that almost happened. We talked about it earlier, and, I mean, I believe it. I'm sure that it sounds like they did have something in place. And it, the question is just why and how it fell apart. Did it? Was it because Romanov became available and it was like, I want that guy instead? Or did... Discussions just break down between the Canucks and the Islanders, and you're you're always going to wonder what else is part of that. I mean, was it just the first? I think KT it was. The, I Probably think it was not. just the thir- the thirteenth overall. pick. That's it.
2: I think so. Really? Maybe it was like the thirteenth pick, and maybe a one, maybe a second or third round pick. I don't think the package was that huge. And I think when it came down to it, maybe, maybe it was. As some as usually it tends to be with these these situations the truth is somewhere in the middle right maybe it wasn't necessarily that the deal that like the deal totally fell apart but part of it was that the deal fell apart because in part the, the package that Montreal had offered was yeah. a little bit better. you get you get uh, Romanoff Ram- and you get another fourth round pick. You know a little extra there right. to kind of help build that prospect
1: yeah and i, I think what might might make it a head scratcher for for Islander fans if if Lou was the was the guy who made the decision here was JT I mean, he Miller, it J T Miller manager? well I'm saying if it wasn't the Canucks that pulled out
2: certainly wasn't certainly it wasn't Joe Schmo on Twitter who made the decision no but it might have been the Vancouver Canucks no, no, who no decided I know, to I know, pull I know. pull out of the deal
1: kidding okay so <laughs> knucklehead. yeah let me reel this back in so I mean, the the name is more recognized. JT, okay, I know who that is. I know the points that he's put up. That makes yeah. sense. That's a guy, you know, I would have liked in the team. And then you go from that to Romanov, you're like, really? You know what I mean? Right. I think that might be what has something that might have Islander fans scratching their heads, being like, you had this deal for a forward, a guy who could have helped right. him out, and then, you know, you you, you know, go the other way, and then you get this guy who's, who's a little of a lesser-known quantity, right. you know? But... I get that. I don't know, man. I mean, we'll never know. We'll never it's one we'll of those other things know. that we'll never know about. But JT Miller very apparently very close to being a New York Islander. Question
2: Bruin. do you see Bolduck as a trade ship or is he ready to make the Islanders
1: lineup? Two. I do not think he's ready to make the Islanders lineup and I think that he very well look, I'm sure he's on the table. If somebody if, if Lou is, is negotiating with somebody for a trade and they ask about Bolduc, he'll say, Yeah, he's available and, and they work something out. I'm I'm certainly sure he's a guy lose willing in a trade. The question is how much value does he have right now? What what you know, I mean he's he's gonna be at this point an ad right. in a deal. You know, he's not gonna be the main part of a of a of a trade package, at least for anybody, you know, substantial or anybody that Islander fans are probably dreaming about, right? No, it's
2: a it's part of a bigger package where it's like Bulldock, you know, Wallstrom, this guy. Well, and you yeah. know, what I mean, it's not. It's going to take more than just him. He's not. Yeah. He's not the trade piece that you that um, is going to be able to bring back something that's a massive return. Maybe he's the guy that like you trade him in a process in a deal that you get like another pick or something
1: like that. Yeah, and and you it's know? and it's even going to be tougher to make that trade because that first is gone now. That first has yep. been used on yep. somebody, so they that's not even a chip anymore. Where if if you're making a deal for anybody who's really going to help this team, you know, like I think now. You know, outside of uh, an Oliver Wallstrom that that who knows if he's even available, you know, a guy like Anthony Bavillier might be their best trade ship now. He is. You know, he I is. mean, you know, still young, 20-something, has potential, has, has shown that he can be a, a scorer in this league but yeah. hasn't figured out on a consistent basis. He's probably their best trade chip, and, and, and it probably does make Lou's job a little harder in trying to find the trade partner to get in, you know, bring somebody in that, that Islander fans might be hoping for. It doesn't mean it's an impossibility, but, you know, now, now with that first-round pick off the table, you know, it's it's going to be a little bit of a harder job. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see uh, if and what little Amarillo swings here. Yeah, no, I agree with you.
2: Question, Bruin: Is there a goalie that is ready to step in in the event of an
1: injury? I, I no, <laughs> I mean, no, nobody, nobody who's any, who's going to be we're going to be excited about it. is Scaric going to be ready to get called up if, if an injury happens? Maybe scarrick It could be. <laughs> it's spelled Scarrick. But I might be. Yeah. I think it's pronounced Garage, but don't don't call me on that. As, as you've learned throughout the course of this episode, we our name anything. pronunciations aren't aren't um the best, good. right? Or or or, or good at all. Yeah, or accurate. Yeah. But yeah, I think I I think he's he's gonna just be down at Bridgeport. i will be interested to see if they bring Corey Schneider back to, to ba- continue back continue back him my, up.
2: That was gonna be my, my. I mean, even though they seemed like they were like they look look at Corey Schneider and go. We will do anything to not have you play right. <laughs> in an Islander jersey. I mean, you know, I think he got he got what one game in an NHL jersey. Oh know? yeah,
1: look, I mean, look, not not to no disrespect to him at all. No, 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 but I, I don't mean that. But at he all. was he was at that point just they needed a body to sit on the bench while somebody yeah, else started.
2: Yeah. But that's and, but that's the point. They went to great lengths to not have right. Um, Thank you very much. They're bringing over, they're bringing over fresh refreshments. Oh, look at this. this all service deli. I love much it. Appreciated. Thank you very much appreciated. Blue
1: line deli, the best She's in the best. Like say it. say hi to the camera, Danny. Perfect. <laughs> so uh <laughs> No no that's all right. That's all right, bud. Much appreciated. So uh, anyway, <laughs> Corey Snyder. I, I mean, mean, I could see him coming back because, like, I was
2: just looking at his con- like the, his contract history, and he's he's signed like the past two seasons. He's signed league minimum deals to come and try and work his way back into the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I can't imagine that's there are too not... many other teams knocking down his door to be like, "Hey, like, come play goaltender."
1: Yeah, look, and I mean that in the most respectful. Here, here's line. the good news, and and this is you know, if if one of the,
2: the if is it makes Corey Schneider feel any better, no one's knocking down my door <laughs> to play goaltender either. At the that's that's level. that's true.
1: That's very true. Or, or for any other reason. But, <laughs> that's also very true. No, that's 100% true, unfortunately. But, but look, the good news is if, if either one of the Islanders' goaltenders do get injured in this you know hypothetical scenario that's been raised here on Questions Brewing. Brought to you by Oyster Bay Brewing Company. <laughs> the other guy is going to be absolutely fine. He's gonna playing. be a summer peach. Like, uh, yes, he's gonna be a summer peach. But I mean <laughs> I have no problem I have no problem with Ilya or Samian being between the pipes. That's that's the, the beauty of, of the situation they and have. And then
2: I, I my prediction would be that, that Schneider's coming back next year on another league minimum. Uh, I, I don't w- think Scaric is Scaric, Sk- either, either, either whatever. Well, take your pick. Scarif, uh, <laughs> Scarif. is going to be NHL goaltender anytime soon. You know, he's the he's the Bridgeport goaltender, and I think that's kind of the role that...
1: Yeah. You know, career A- and, career AHL goaltender. And if Corey Schneider's still willing to ride the bus, then he'll sign another contract and, hey. and back him up. Jordan rode the bus. You know? Jordan rode the bus. Michael Jordan. Oh, yeah, MJ. Yeah, cool. Cool.
2: Michael Jordan. If he can ride the bus, anyone can ride the bus. That's yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: no, I got, I got you. All right. <laughs> so... Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's not. I don't think it's a huge concern. No. You know, the whole third string, but they'll be fine. They'll they be fine. will
2: be fine. Yeah.
1: Last question, question, Bruin, real
2: quick here. Any thoughts yet on revising the Hockey Night in New York <laughs> intro? Will the Church of Trotsby
1: become the Temple of Lane? I, I Temple Lane. I like that. There, 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 there have been some behind the scenes. Um, think tanks about uh, what to do about the intro now that Barry Trotz is, is no longer with think the uh, with the Islanders I mean look I mean you can still go with it I mean you could still could have been born in the church of Trotz when he was coaching the team I yeah. mean technically but yeah we, we, might see, we might see a new intro we might see something something a little different we got some stuff up, up our sleeves um, all for right. next season alright I like it yeah, I yeah like we'll it. see I, I, like, I like it though I like the question I like the question you're paying attention that's good stuff so that's it that's it for questions bro yeah okay that was Questions Brewing, brought to you by Oyster Bay Brewing Company, Long Island's Gold Coast Brewery.
2: I'd really like if one of the things that changes is the voiceover guy for these commercials. Oh, there's just going to be more of him. The person who does there's the, going to be more of him. The person who does the intro voice is incredible. The person who does the other <laughs> stuff is god awful. I
1: don't know. I think I think he does a pretty good job. I think he he talks really well. He's a good talker. Yeah. He talks well. Yeah, he talks really well. So uh, just a couple more things before we wrap up here. The NHL schedule was was released. The Islanders will not be opening this season with a 13-game road trip. They will actually be opening with a four-game homestand starting against the Florida Panthers on October 13th. So, yes, as we discussed before with Brendan, the first season of normal in a long time. Yeah. There's no worries about an arena being finished or anything like that. Hopefully there's no COVID issues this season. Uh, (laughs) 82 games. They're, they're starting closer and closer to the start of October. I mean, usually in years past when things were again, normal, you had, like, the first week in October, right? Yeah. Like, the 4th or the 5th was yeah. usually the start of the season. so I mean, we got it's the close 13th. enough.
2: It would, have, it would have been the 7th or the 7th. 8th. Okay, so, I so mean, there, there you week go. So, I off, not even.
1: Yeah, um, so we're we're back to normal. And they've already announced it next summer. They're going back to July 1 for free agency. So we'll see the draft again probably that last weekend or two in June. And uh, all will be right in the world. So there you go. Florida Panthers opening game the 13th. At UBS Arena. And that new parking garage will be... It's done, actually. It's done. It's being used. But that'll be the first time it'll be used for the Islanders. will be exciting.
2: Although, <laughs> I'm looking at real quick at the start times right now. 7.30 start time, not going away during the week. Okay. I, I figured that would be the case. Ah, people didn't like that. I thought maybe they'd try and do away with it.
1: Well, yeah, but, the, the, but the, probably for the same amount of people that didn't like it, there was probably people that did like it. It's like, oh, great. I have enough time to get home from work so I can catch the start of the game. You know? I know, but it isn't, isn't the, it's, I, I don't know. You can't please everybody. And, and and they got people working behind the scenes that probably assessed that a 7.30 start time was going to be better than 7 o'clock. I mean, Whether it, it made sense last train year. Train commuters but. or whatever it is. Okay. <laughs> Sorry to put you down there, buddy. but do know. You know, know. 7.30 starts are back. And they are closing the season at home as well against the Montreal Canadiens, <laughs> funny enough. So that will be, I think that's April 12th. The
2: Romanov Revenge Tour.
1: <laughs> right. Well, they'll probably have a game or two against them uh, before that. But yes, April twelfth. I said
2: Romanoff Revenge Tour. Tour,
1: at the right? End of the tour encompassing more than one game. Yes. Got it. Got it. So April twelfth versus the Habs. They'll be closing. The se- they're opening the season home and closing the season at home. Uh, I counted fifteen back to backs this season. It's quite a few. That's a of games. It's a healthy amount of back to back games. Healthy amount of back to games.
2: Bet you that. They- bet you they're all playing them at seven thirty too. They might be. To to some
1: fans' dismay, apparently. (laughs) So there's the schedule, and oh, here you go, T Boyle 13. With traffic, it's a great start time. So he he appreciates the 7:30. See, look at that, look at that. So uh, (laughs) just want to go around the league with some interesting deals that happen either at or around the draft. Predators getting Ryan McDonough from Tampa for Philp Myers. Yeah, that was. Grant Mishmash? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> What a great name. <laughs> and that was not the only reason
2: I found that trade interesting. But, also, but the fact that, that the, the Tampa Bay Lightning basically sang um, McDonough's praises through the playoffs, especially in, in that series against the Rangers, mm. obviously because he you know, had played for New York and right, right. all the history there too. But it was, it was kind of interesting to see a guy that even, even as respected and, and obviously someone that they valued deeply in, in the Tampa Bay locker room was still dealt at the end of the year.
1: Yeah. Well, look, we're, we're seeing a, a small dismantling of the Tampa Bay Lightning right now with, again, apparently Pilat going yeah. to free agency and McDonough being traded. You know, it'd be really nice not to bump into the Lightning in the conference finals <laughs> this coming season if the Islanders could get there. I mean, but it looks like the the rain is, is may finally be over. Because, I mean, look. The fact that they were able to keep it to the three Stanley Cup finals in a row in this day and age is very impressive. It's still with not the, a dynasty with to the majority out there the, that think it's a damn dynasty. With
2: the majority of the core still intact.
1: Yeah. So, I
2: mean, well, that's impressive in itself.
1: It's impressive not only that, but the fact that they were able to completely replace their third line and not miss a beat, yeah. essentially. You yeah.
2: know? No, 100%. I think that I think the Islanders four cups and – what is it, 19 playoff series, 19 straight playoff series wins, I think that's going to be safe for the remaining history of time because it's just such an impossible feat to do. It it, uh, it was an impossible feat to do at any point in the history of hockey, but now in the modern age when you look at the salary cap, when you look at uh, the player movement that happens on a regular basis like that, like Mm -hmm. it does in the NHL now, it's just not something that's ever going to be replicated.
1: Yeah, Tampa may be the, the team to ever get the closest. And, and, and who knew that Pat Maroon would be the biggest threat to the Islanders' four-cup dynasty? <laughs> Pat Maroon, by himself, what a story, right? The cup with the Blues, two with right. the Lightning, and almost got the fourth. Almost matched the Islanders. With four straight ta- Stanley Cups in two different sweaters. Very impressive. Yeah, very, very, impressive. very <laughs> impressive. So the Colorado Avalanche, after the Stanley Cup win, Wheeling and dealing, gets Georgiev from the New York Rangers. For two-thirds and a fifth. Right. Interesting deal.
2: Listen, I think they wanted to kind of solidify some goaltending depth there. And, um, you know, Georgiev uh, obviously playing behind, or or I I guess I should say with um, um, Igor Shosturkin was an interesting, you know, that was an interesting mix and match. And he had some success. You you look at the way he played. Obviously he played well uh, against certain teams. I don't think he played – Quite particularly well up until maybe last year against the Islanders, but right. um, uh, it's a it's a good depth. You know, adds a little depth to the goaltending position for the for the Colorado Avalanche, who you know are trying to now replicate what the what the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning did for for the last three four years.
1: Right, right. Another goaltender on the move, Mrazek, dealt from the Leafs to the Hawks for mm-hmm. a second round pick, yeah. perhaps paving the way for Darcy Kemper. To go over the Leafs, maybe. Awesome. Maybe they got their target set on him. I can
2: kind of see it. See, like the the pieces are there, right? Like the mm-hmm. the building blocks of, the, of those
1: particular moves certainly seem to indicate that something is up. Right. Right. Zach Cassian and picks banished to Arizona for the thirty second overall pick. Poor guy going to the Oats. He's going to play in, in on a college campus this year. Yeah.
2: Are we going to make <laughs> a trip out there or what,
1: buddy? I'm in. Let's let's, I was let's looking, take a look at that schedule. I already know what it is. I'm pretty sure it's December
2: or. January. I'm gonna look it up now. Okay, that is a great time to go to Colo- uh, to Colorado to Arizona. Get away from the snow and the cold. I would love it. I'm in and uh, see what see what an uh, NHL game is like. Yeah. at a college
1: hockey facility. I would I would love to be a part of. You know what else is happening this year, buddy? Islanders are playing in Vegas on a Saturday. I think Ooh. December seventeenth, Saturday against the Vegas Golden Knights. You might want to circle that one on your calendar. That might there.
2: be the swing because they yup,
1: Make this a little is, trip out to the well, desert. Well, that's
2: what they do. That's what they did last year. Look, it's buddy, Vegas, back to back, Vegas and Arizona. Might have to talk about that. I am one hundred percent in right now. I wow, even, I don't
1: even need to talk about it. Okay, well, they, we might have a little hockey night, in New York road trip, buddy. I mean, I'm in. <laughs> December, that's... back to back against the Yotes in Vegas. Yeah, I've been I've been dying to get in a team mobile arena, man. I heard it's a, it's a great spot, and I hear Vegas is a pretty decent down to hang out in, so <laughs> that might be fun. That might be fun. Oh, Okay, all right. So moving on here, Red Wings. Huso from the Blues for a third round, another goaltender on the move.
2: A lot of musical it's chairs the, here. Uh, summer of goaltenders,
1: apparently. Apparently, <laughs> summer of George And the New Jersey Devils get Vanacek from the yeah. Caps for a second round. The Devils are going to be a pain in the ass. The this
2: Devils year. are the. I mean, it's nice to. They're kind building of, a team over there. It's nice to see them with a little stability in the goal in the goaltending position. That's been like a carousel. It seems like the last couple of years, and um, yeah. uh, you know, it should solidify at least kind of. Give them a little stability in that position And they're going to be interesting, they're an interesting team They've always kind of been an interesting team Because they seem like, every year they seem like they could be really good And, and they kind of don't meet that expectation Or one or two things go wrong
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're, they're playoff ready just yet Especially with the teams that you're looking at In the, in the Eastern Conference and, and the Metro But they're they're not going to be an easy out They have a good young yeah. team Like those those players are only going to get better they got Dougie Hamilton back there on the back end I mean, it, they're going to be a tough team to beat and the Flyers, as we mentioned before, get Tony D'Angelo and a seventh rounder for a second, a fourth, and a conditional third. I do not know what the conditions are on that third, but that's the deal. Tony D'Angelo, Philadelphia Flyers. Yes. There yeah, you have it, it, folks. Those are your trades of note. Trades of no Surrounding the NHL draft. Yeah. And now we look ahead to free agency. We already did. We
2: spent the whole show talking about free agency.
1: No, that was the, the general way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not like right now. I mean, like, that's the yeah. next. That's what's on tap coming up this summer. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So, <laughs> I, I'm pretty satisfied with, with where we're at here. You, you got anything else anything else to add? No, buddy? it's
2: funny too. Uh, you, you look at the situation by the way, we're talking about goaltenders. You look at the situation with Ilya Sorokin and and the concern or growing concern with Russian players being able to get back from the from the country of Russia after <laughs> once the the season starts and yeah. um it is interesting sort of the tight-lipped nature that the Islanders have had around the Whereabouts of Ilya Sorokin, mm. um, even though I'm, I think he's essentially confirmed it himself via social media pictures or pictures that were posted of him on social right, media still right. in, in Russia. Mm. Um, but I know from reporting from AM New York, I know from reporting from Kevin Kevin Kurz and, and, and Joe Pantorno from AM New York, um, that the Islanders have been tight-lipped on where, where Sorokin is, uh, and his agent hasn't really been willing to discuss where his, where his whereabouts are. Um, I know that it was reported that that Igor Shosturkin didn't go back to Russia. That he was he's, he's going to be spending the summer in the in the Smart United man. States, uh, and there was obviously some concern around one um, what's his face from from the from the Minnesota Wild. <laughs> Old what's his shits? No, Karil Capriza. Yes, yeah. There was some concern around his whereabouts as well, which have seemed to have cleared up since since those initial reports that he was in Russia. That he, they they didn't didn't they were trying to get him out of Russia, and um, so things have seemed to. At least become a little more. Like he, he apparently he is in Russia, but things are fine. So okay. Um, but there is there is certainly a sense of a growing concern about getting Russian players back to the United States for the start of the season after what had happened with the Philadelphia Flyers
1: prospect. Well, hopefully they're working on that now, because. We, we don't need Ilya Sorokin to be trapped in Russia. <laughs> that would be a problem. I mean, look, Semi Varlamo could probably handle things, but I'd, I'd, I'd much rather Sorokin making it back. Well, you know? Semi nice it's in
2: Texas. He he's apparently summers in Texas.
1: Yeah, I read that too. Yeah. So he's, he's fine. Yeah. He's cool. So he's ready to go. Yeah. So, yeah, you just got to hope that uh, they get Sorokin back. Smuggle him, smuggle him on, a tra- on, a, on a plane. Get him back. <laughs> Whatever you got to do. But, yeah, did so I, I did want
2: did want to mention that as well. I, I realized we didn't even get to that part, and that was such a pretty big hockey story for the last week or so.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely concerning. There's no the, doubt about it. The
2: whereabouts it. Of, uh, of Ilya Sorokin.
1: <laughs> does anyone have Chuck Norris on speed dial? Delta Force has been activated for a rescue. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, oh, 4652CO, bringing the jokes, as he always does. Good stuff. So, Christian, I mean, you know, a little rough in the beginning, some technical difficulties, but, you know, nice to get back in the chairs. technical difficulties. Nice to get back behind the mics again and, uh, you know, talk a little bit hockey. Yeah. So, look, we got July 1 being July 13th this year. Yeah. And we're going to see what happens, and the expectation is we're going to fire up a show after that to recap what happened. I would have to think that Lou does something that will be worthy of, of chatting about. So, are you okay? I oh, just spit out your drink, buddy? I don't know why it's kind okay? that funny, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, folks, we'll be back after free agency um, in an ideal world that, that following Sunday night. But either way, we'll work something out. We'll figure something out. We will be back. And then we will probably sneak a show or two in over the summer. We have something brewing. We have a, a very special guest we're working on bringing in that uh, hopefully will we'll be around August time. We'll, we'll keep you guys updated on that. And then, of course... We'll be back for training camp and the start of next season. So, folks, with that, I want to thank you all for joining us here at twitch.tv slash NY, And, of course, your favorite podcast providers. Huge, huge thanks to Islanders play-by-play man Brendan Burke, the great Ben Brendan Burke from MSG Networks, and, of course, Alan Crada from the Associated Press. And the New York Times yep. Huge thanks to our presenting sponsor RJ Daniels American Bar and Grill Located at 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center The best place to catch the aisles They also have live music, comedy nights, trivia Late night bar scene, they have it all And of course a huge, huge thanks To our friends here at Blue Line Deli and Bagels Thanks for having us, thanks for taking care of us Fantastic stuff They are an official partner of the New York Islanders And the greatest deli around Huge thanks to TIE Technology A voiceover IP company providing phone service for businesses across the country. Check them out at Titechnology.com for all your telecom needs or give them a call at 516-856-7800 and get three free months of service. And of course, a big thanks to Oyster Bay Brewing Company located at 36 Audrey Avenue in Oyster Bay. You can order their great beers and merchandise at OysterBayBrewing.com for curbside pickup, local delivery, or shipping anywhere in New York and get 15% off with coupon code H N I N Y. Follow Christian on the Twitter at C underscore Arnold 01. Follow myself at Shoney Hockey. Follow the show at Hockey Night NY on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Again, a big thanks to you guys. We'll let you guys know when the next show is coming. Have a great rest of your day. Enjoy your summers. We'll see you soon.